This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Before we even get started with the podcast, I want to introduce something new to you. If you're tired of missing these live streams or missing videos, we have a new service where we can text you when we go live or launch a new video. All you got to do is text Flash Film to 74121. That's one word, Flash Film to 74121. All right, let's get started. Pause for a second. I know you're in the middle of something dope, but I wanted to make sure I tell you about a course over at Flash Film Academy that changed the game for me. It literally took my business from attracting mostly low-end clients to consistently landing and closing bigger clients with bigger budgets. It's called the five key steps for creating an effective portfolio that converts. If you're a photographer, videographer, editor, colorist, or graphic designer, it's very simple. This course teaches you how to take what your brand does well and present those things in a way that help the clients understand how your brand can solve their problems. When clients are trying to make a decision on why or even if they should work with you, blasting them with your best video clips set to music won't cut it anymore. It doesn't set you apart, show value, or help buyers in the process of making a decision. This course teaches you how to create a commercial for your brand providing a first impression that will help 10x your ability to land quality clients. Remember, if you can't effectively tell your story, clients won't hire you to effectively tell their story. Go to flashfilmacademy.com today to get started. Use promo code POD5, that's P-O-D-5, to save 15% off this course. You're listening to Content and Cash, a Flash Film Academy podcast. If you want to learn how to take pretty pictures, this is not the place. But if you're ready to make a living by learning the business behind the camera, buckle up because it's time to turn passion into profit with your host, Ty Turner. It's been a busy, busy week, man. A busy... Today, uh, we're going we're gonna to do two things I want to cover. I'm going to cover revisions. Um, and we're going to cover something a little bit from the master course because I want to get some feedback before we push everything final because the goal is to launch that bad boy really soon, sooner than people think. But I want to make sure uh, we get some people to, uh, to to pop in and chime in real quick on just on just what they think, what, just what they think. How you doing today, man? You good, Frozen? I'm chilling, man. How are you? Man, I'm living. I'm living. Busy, busy week. Busy week, man. Um, I probably won't even be on super, super. I know I always say that, and then it'd be like three hours, but I probably won't even be on super, super late tonight because I got a, a crazy shoot tomorrow, and I still gotta load up 
gear and like uh, still got cases to fill up. It's 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 a lot. I got to explain a hmm? ex- explain a crazy shoot from a like what makes it crazy. Um, just when it's a lot of pieces, like when it's a lot of people, it's a lot of pieces in order. Like I got to worry about four different people. Um, mm-hmm. tomorrow is a tomorrow is not even a lot of people. It's just that um, anytime. So I have a regular shoots are to me or easy shoots are shoots where they're not based on time. Um, then we have shoots that they're based on um, a current like events of, of things happening. Um, like we had to do some manufacturing stuff, cover some manufacturing stuff. And there's certain times the assembly line may run and we need to make sure we're in position to capture everything. Um, so, you know what I'm saying? We want to make sure that we are, we got the headshots done, then we can run down to this part of the factory to capture this, run part, down to that part of the factory and capture that. So it's always something, anything that's time-based or a lot of moving pieces, um, you know, is usually the thing. For some reason, I can't pull up I can't pull up uh, times, the, chat, the chat. I can see the chat, but I can't post it on the screen. Um, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's weird. You know, that sounds complicated. Can you do you remember the first time you had a shoot like that? Were you able to handle it? Um, I I acted like I did to the client. <laughs> you know what I mean? I acted like I did to the client, and um, it was just about scheduling, right? It's just about trying to be efficient in your itinerary. You always work on an itinerary. You always want to provide a this, that, this type of situation where you're not going into it blind, you know. Okay. Um, your client often is relying on your expertise to determine how long it takes to record. And it's always a ballpark figure because you don't know how well that person can speak, right? So usually I don't have a problem upselling um, a teleprompter because Usually I can tell the client, hey, usually when people have a teleprompter, they're 50% faster on, on mm-hmm. their ability to recite what they were writ- what what's what it's written. Written. Um and clients who teleprompters are always an easy upsell. Like I said, because of that, and because the idea of a client having to remember and recite information um is terrifying for a lot of people who don't live in front of a camera even for public speakers i know people who get on stage and can talk to sixty thousand people arenas and you can put a little piece of cl- plastic with some glass on it in front of them and they're just like uh and i'm like dog i just seen you get off stage bro i'm just asking you about a testimony about how you feel it's not even nothing rewritten like you just got to talk and be you and they be like um i i'm having a good time i'm like really guy in my head that's what i'm thinking like really bro so um, you'd be, you'd be amazed, but teleprompters usually help with, even like if I don't have a script, even if I got bullet points, like give me your bullet points, I'm going to shoot it to the teleprompter. And I got a teleprompter that works off an of iPad, um, which to me, I like because it keeps me portable, mobile. I can control it with my phone, even though I'm thinking about going into something a little bit more, I ain't going to say high tech, but a little bit, something that I can connect my iPad to. And it's a whole separate screen. But I like to have it where somebody can email me something and I can copy and paste and go straight to teleprompter. Now, there are the big teleprompters that connect via VGA to a laptop. And you know what I'm saying? But do I really want to carry a laptop and carry something that huge? I don't. The goal is to be nimble, mobile, slim. Um, And that's kind of the reasons why um, just going on camera talk, why something like the A7S is, is appealing to me compared to like the Blackmagic Ursa that I got. You know, I'm, I'm contemplating, should I sell it? Um, a part of me just want to keep it 
because I like to film movies and it's a it's a beast of a movie camera. But a part of me is like, let me test the waters and see what it's worth. Um, so and right now is the time because they haven't really announced nothing in that bracket that's newer. Um, so, you know, we'll we'll see. We'll see how that goes. So Todd, yeah. You know how you were saying that it's easy for you to upsell teleprompter? Yeah. There's been something that's been on my mind lately. So say you're on a, on a sales call with a potential client. And you say, just like you said, you know, if you use a teleprompter, I've had clients, what do you say, they, they, they speak 50% of the time more effectively? Yes. Now, if they say they do want that, because remember you said you, you give them the invoice before you send proposal file. So would you say, okay, you want the teleprompter, that's going to be 250 Like, do they know it's going to cost money or do they so, think it's free? So, so I usually add the teleprompter. So this is how I do it. Um, because the invoice usually come after the proposal file. Um, so the teleprompter is on the invoice, on the proposal. So they'll usually see what I've quoted them, and then they'll have a la carte items that they can add. Now, usually when I call them on my follow-up call, after they've, so it usually works like this, and this is something that um, this for sure is, it, it breaks down specifically uh, in the master course, but I wanna, I'm glad that we're talking about it because I can kind of, it makes sense to go over it because... I'm, with the master course, I'm always trying to determine what goes where and what order do I teach it so it makes sense. So um, usually they have a questionnaire, right? Usually they come to the website. I'm sorry. They're a lead. They, they, they enter the information, right? The, the website generates a questionnaire that sends to them, right? Usually through HoneyBook or something. Um, through HoneyBook, they fill out the questionnaire and they pick a date for me to call them. Right. On that time where I call them, I get information using the information that I have on HoneyBook. Now, I usually use the information I have on HoneyBook to develop a game plan. Okay, this client got an event coming up on the, on the 14th. They want three cameras. They want a live stream. Okay, cool. So now I got a game plan of, of what, um, what I'm going into. I got other ideas to pitch to them um, that up to upsell them. Like, hey, maybe we can stream this on multiple Facebook channels. Maybe we can stream it on their YouTube and their Facebook. I got multiple ways to kind of pitch it. And I'm going into it automatically thinking upsell just in case, you know, it's a big client. It's Toyota. And what they initially want is usually going to cost about 4000 But I got ideas to upsell them to get to 12000 just in the back of my head. So usually when I get on the call and I call them and I talk to them and I ask them about the event just to go over some things, I'm usually trying to discover pain points and things like that. And by the end of that call, I'm telling them, hey, I'm going to send you a proposal within 24 hours. You know, let's say if it's Thursday, are you available Monday at 10 for us to go over the proposal? Now, usually if I send something on Friday, I usually make it Tuesday just to give them one business day because um, I want to give them at least 24 hours of business time to look over it. So I'll say, you know, can we schedule a time for Tuesday morning at 10 to go over it? That kind of puts a little pressure on them just to look at it and know it. They'll They'll agree to it. So once I send over the proposal, I'll have what I, you know, what I propose to them. And they'll kind of know after the phone call. It's not like I'm saying it's a mystery. We're going to see what we can get. But I'll kind of break it down. Like, so you need a two-man crew for four hours for two days. And you want to cover this, that, and the other. We want to connect one of the cameras to be, you know, to be a fee. One of, the, one of your computers as a slideshow to be a fee. I kind of go over what it is. And I'll, you know, and then I'll. Um, tell them, okay, we're going to write up a proposal with everything. And we're also going to provide you with a few options that you can choose from, you know, so, to, to, you know, to kind of let them know, like, you know, you may want this, you may not want that, but we want to make sure we provide you with some options. 
All right. Now from there, I'm I'm gonna go back and write the proposal. And usually I'm gonna give you at least two options. I'm gonna give you a base option, what I recommend, and then a la carte. Now, if it's a really big client, I'll give you, I'm sorry, actually, if it's a smaller client, I'll give you bare minimum, base option, and I really want to sell you the base option, and then what I recommend. What I recommend is always everything. Like, I'm always recommending you go all the way out for your project. To to, to I'm always recommending that you maximize your investment, right? Then I'll have a la carte items. Just in case a client say, you know what, I can't afford the what you recommend, I'll go with the minimum and then let me add the teleprompter. So when I call you back and I like, you know, this is what we recommend. This is what we can do. Yada, yada, yada. The price is $8,500. The client can say, you know what? And this is good. This allow you to, um, this will allow you to um, kind of not lose the client because if the client can't afford the $8,000 package you recommend, they may say, you know what? My budget's closer to the 4000 but man, I really need a teleprompter. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Because usually when I when I, you know, call them back, they're gonna say, okay, that's when I'm gonna get the, the backup. That's when I'm gonna get the objection. Like, ah, we can't afford eight. The four thousand package look fine. Okay, perfect. Four thousand package, you know, we can still cover this, this, and this. Let me also go uh, go over additional options or additional items that don't come in that package that you can purchase a la carte. And we usually go over that at the time teleprompter. And this is why I'd say teleprompter, you know, this, that, and the other. And and when we go over it, they usually pick one or two things. So even if they go with the minimum package, they're still upselling. They're still getting closer to their budget. That's why I tell people, um, don't worry about pitching a $3,000 package to somebody that got a $50,000 budget. Cause they're going to spend 50,000 of it. They're going to spend as much of it as they need to, to get it right. And if you got, if it's a big job, you know, you don't want to spend, you don't want a client spending $50,000 for a minute and a half video. I mean, that's just robbery. Like you don't want to do them like that. Like that don't, you know what I'm saying? Like that ain't right. So you want them to still trust you. Cause if you name something, you want them to say, yeah, throw it on. So you want to build that trust. You don't build that trust price gouging them. You build that trust in providing value. Cause if they get that, that $50,000, one, one and a half minute video, and, they, and, and it ain't a commercial. It ain't a super high-end shot with red and all that stuff. It ain't a commercial. It ain't a whole 50 people on set trying to make it happen. It's just two guys in a case. They're going to feel robbed. And they're not going to trust you. They're not going to want to work with you. So the goal is to get something within what they can spend and allow them to work their way up. Just like if you came to me to buy a car, I'm not going to try to put you in a Bentley. If you're not, you know what I'm saying, that's not what you're trying to spend. You may be trying to get a, a Mustang. You may be trying to get an F-150. Okay, so let's put you in the right F-150, and then let's add on what you need. You want to get an off-road package, cool. You want to get the HID lights, cool, and let you work your way up to what what you're comfortable with spending. And dealerships do this really well um, by having you worry about what your your, uh, monthly, uh, what your car note is going to be and not the total price. Since you're financing it, you just worry about the car note. Man, can I pay $600 a month? Yeah, if you get this, it's gonna go up to seven hundred. But if you take this off, it's gonna go down to, you know, five fifty. So that's a way they kind of work you into adding more stuff without worrying about the overall price. Um, so it's a way that you, what we what we do, we worry about the overall price. But you got to keep in mind also the person that's buying from you, if they're a business, 
often most times it's not their money. They're just trying to stay within a budget they've been given. They got an allowance that they've been given to play with, and they're going to spend that whole allowance to make sure the product looks good because whether they spend half of it or all of it, they're still in the same boat. You know what I'm saying? They still, the, 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 com- the company has already decided that this is the amount we're going to take a loss for in order, or this is the amount, not, gonna t- not take a loss, but this is the amount we're, we're willing to invest in this project. The, the end game is for the project to be good. We don't care if it's a dollar. If we give you 30000 to spend, we don't care if you spend 15000 or $29,999. The goal is to have the product right. So if I present you a package that's 20000 and then we got $10,000 worth of add-ons to make the project better, things like makeup, um, drone shots, you're going to check every box until you get to your limit. So that's, that's why I say don't worry about having a big client and you don't maximize their budget. You will maximize their budget. I, it's been times where I've had a client that had a, a thirty thousand dollar budget. You know, I, I they only wanted two minute videos, three minute videos. So, you know, I quoted them. Um, you know, a four minute video. It was like fifteen, ten thousand dollars, and they was like, you know what? We got enough budget to shoot the other video we had an idea for. Let's shoot that too. So then they end up spending thirty, but they, you know, they maximized they maximized it themselves. You know what I'm saying? And what I'll probably do with that is, or I'll try to incentivize them. Like, well, if you guys go with that, this is what I'll do since you're getting both projects done at once. We'll also edit an Instagram version. Or we'll also, since this is a voiceover, we'll also give you a Spanish version. What do it cost me? Nothing. $60 on Fiverr to get a whole other voiceover for them to spend another 15 grand. Let's go. Who looks like the good guy? I do. Who look like they're getting more for their money? They do. They, they feel like they're getting value for what they're doing. I'm throwing little stuff like that all the time simply because I know the cost. And it, the cost is nothing. We'll write that script for you. Cool. You get the second video shot, we'll write the script for free. What, what is it costing me? $100. But I'm making fifteen grand. So once you get, and that's why the way I price with my structure pricing, once you start pricing that way, It'll be so easy in your head to understand where what your where your profit margins are, so you can you can instantly negotiate that. Where if you eyeballing it, you're not really sure on the pricing. That that's why I don't do. And I've seen I have advertisements come up on Instagram, and here's your here's your video pricing calculator. This is how much I paid for my camera. This is how much I paid for my batteries. This is how much I paid for my slide. I don't care about all that. Nobody care about that. You don't care how much Walmart paid for the forklift they used to get the, 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 the boxes off the truck when they unload. You don't care about that. Like, why, why am I going to make the client care about that? That's stupid. I, I just, that's not a good look. Like, give them, like, like, come up with a price for an actual service and then add value to that service. For us to come out and film for the first hour. They already include us coming, unloading, loading, you know what I'm saying, setting up lighting, looking around, picking a look, you know, picking a spot. It includes all of that. Like, if I'm going to do editing, it includes color grading, color correction, audio mixing. Now, if you want to get fancy and add some extra stuff, then we're going to have it. But why am I going to make you figure it out? Give them a base price. Load that base price with value, stuff that they're going to already be paying for anyway. And shoot it based off that plus an hourly. And in their head, they get it. It makes sense. I see why it costs this. And, and not them trying to figure it out. Because it'll be times, and I'm going to be real with you, there's been times where I used to eyeball it, and then I'll get clients come back 
three weeks later wanting a similar video and then I give them a price that's completely different than what I I quoted them before and they'll be like, well, how was how was this two minute video four thousand, but we come back for a five minute video, and it's only forty two hundred. Like I don't understand, and I'm like, oh snap, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Bro. Oh, I gotta look back and see what the invoice was to see what I charged them, so I know what to charge them this time. And it's just they lose trust in you, so you you don't want those problems. You don't wanna you don't wanna have those problems because because the goal this is and another thing you gotta be very careful because a lot of uh, filmmakers or videographers they're teaching you how to how to how to hit it and quit it how to get the one time hit right they how to how to hit and run because it used to be that but now companies got social media pages they need video 30 times a month i don't need to rob you i just need to build a relationship so so i'm your go-to i'm your go-to guy i don't need to hit you over the head and be like pure on for what because you need video every day I'd rather give you a good price and you keep calling me and we and we work every day for the next four years than to hit you for a hundred thousand dollars right now. Cause I'm gonna make three hundred thousand dollars off you and and some because you're gonna it's gonna just keep increasing. I'm not here to rob you. I'm here to build the relationship, make sure you got a return on your investment. I wanna make sure you make money so that I can continue to work with you. That's more valuable to me than hitting you for a lot at once during COVID the clients that I been working for and did 50 projects for still kept calling. They're still calling me. We still working. They are the reason I'm good. It ain't the one hit guys, the one hit wonders. It ain't the ones that just can't, the, the, you know what I'm saying? It's the clients that I've been providing value to over time. And they're like, we ain't stopping. And I, and some of them, I don't even have, we're not even un, under contract anymore. Like the contract will be up and they'll just keep going. Like, oh, let's keep going. You know, I can I can sign them to a new subscription contract or some are just like, well, we don't have a schedule. We'll call you when we need you. But they still calling me every month. They paying full price. They're not getting a discount and they're cool with that. But it's still, you know, every month, every month, every month. Rain, sleet, snow, every month, every month. every. And I, that's what you want. You don't want the one-time $10,000 job and that's it. You want somebody to feel comfortable with more content, more content, more content. And then you get to the point as a business owner where you got your second shooter or a guy that's a contractor. You take him on site to shoot. And then now he's covering that job for you every month. And you're off doing something else. And that money's still coming in. So now you got three jobs like that that you sleeping in. You got somebody covering. You may do the editing portion of it or you may, you know, do a portion of it where, you know, you're still touching the project a little bit, but that money's still coming in. Your your second shooter or your contractor, they're they're happy to do it because they're getting paid. You know, it's just like a job. They get to show up and work and get the money. You get the overall money. You get you still develop the relationship with the client. You're good to go. So so and that's just growing the business. You know, that's just something that um you'll learn as you grow the business that you want those those contracts. I had a contract with um which the NDA is up now, but I had a contract with Google doing drone photography for um, a data center um, that was out in Texas. And we just went and shot drone footage for literally, literally two hours a month. No, I'm sorry, four hours a month. We went out two weeks, uh, every other week, two times a month, and it would take me, I'm like, an hour to edit. 
So it would take me an hour to get there. I'm filming for two hours, an hour to come home, an hour to edit. So that's five, that's 10 hours a month, right? That contract was a, it was like a 14 month contract. It was a six figure contract, literally. And it was the easiest money ever. However, um, what landed me the contract was my ability to negotiate it, was my ability to speak to them and provide um, and provide the, the, the level of professionalism. Uh, that That's what set me apart. And my demo reel, my demo reel with the drone shots and that is what set me apart. So all I got to do is, you know, I went out and it was on a construction site. I went out and I bought hard hats for me and another guy that I had working on it. Um, and I'll tell you this. I, I'm going to tell you another. I'm going to tell you another story. And it should be a tie tale, but I'm going to tell you to the gold members. And I'm just going to be I'm just going to be real with you. So the guy that I hired as my contractor was a guy that I had met playing basketball. One day I was playing basketball outside. I meet up with my with friends that are business owners. And we hoop at this spot and I had my drone out there and it was a younger guy. And um, he, he they just liked the drone. He was like, man, I'm gonna get my drone license. I'm gonna, man, are you gonna hire me? I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna hire you. If you get your license, you get you a reel, I'm gonna put you to work. I promise you. Took dude like two years. Um, took dude like two years to get it together, but after he got it together, you know what I'm saying? He, he, hey, Ty, please let me. I want to. I said, cool, I got a job. I'm gonna put you on. You're gonna work it. I had to go pick dude up. We had to be out there at like seven for orientation because you do first day you do orientation inside this trailer because they got to teach you about, um, just the do's and don'ts of being on location in the construction site. Like, you got to know. Don't walk under the crane or don't do this. Don't go there. Don't, you know, you, you can't have cell phones on site. You can't have, you can't be taking pictures because it's hush hush. Like they don't even want you to refer to them by their name. You refer to them as the client. You never say who the name is um, because they didn't want to, you know, if they find out it's a data center there, um, people start putting a house up for sale because they know they're going to get top dollar for it. People start buying property like, yo, once the center get here, people going to want to live around it. Shopping marts, it's going to, you know, it's going to. Everything's going to flip. Like, it just starts a whole lot of stuff. They didn't want it. Refer to them as the client. Cool. Um, so, um, turn on somebody else. Okay. So, they wanted to be referred to as the client. Cool. Um, so, I go pick dude up at like 6 o'clock in the morning. I go pick dude up. And I BS you not. Dude had to be 10 feet away from my van. I straight up smell weed. I was like, dog, nah. Go, go, go back home. Go back home. Oh, it's not me, man. I just, bro, there's no way I'm taking you to a six-figure client smelling like that. What do you mean 10 feet away? What you mean? Dude was walking up to the van and I smelled weed. Opened the door. It was whoosh. I said, dog, that's your right. Do what you want to do when you're not working. That's on you. That's your thing. That's your thing. But I'm not taking you to go see this client like that. Get out my truck. Straight up. You said it like that. Get out my truck. Get out my truck. Damn. Get out. There's no way. That's a huge liability. That's a huge liability. It's man. an extremely huge. huge liability. Working with the number one company in the freaking world. And you show up like that. 
There is no I I and I and he knew who the client was. I made it clear this is what it is. I made it very clear. It's a no go. It's a no go. And and the lesson in that for those of you who are starting businesses is you're going to have people that don't treat your business like it's like it's their baby. It's your baby. They're not going to understand or see or get it. They're people who are nine to fivers and just nine to fivers for a reason. They don't have any ambition or any drive to look outside of that. And when you get outside of a nine to five, it's more reward, but it's a whole lot more risk than a lot of people don't want to take. They want to take the easy road, chill life, show up, turn a boat, go home, do whatever, show up, turn a boat. They don't want to take on the the responsibility that's needed to be successful and have a business. It's more work than a regular nine to five. They just want to be a boss. They just want the title and the bread. Mm-hmm. You got to do the work. So it was just a situation where I'm like, dude, are you serious, bro? You've been begging me for two years for an opportunity that you blow because you had to smoke at 630 in the morning, bro. You couldn't wait till you got home. I'm not even saying don't do it. I'm just saying don't do it where it affects my bread. Get out my truck. Go back in the house. Go back to sleep. Straight up. So, you know, it's just it is what it is. But my bad. I wanted to just give y'all that little that little piece of uh that little piece of jewel real quick. I do want to jump into revisions because, like I said, I know I say this every week, but I can't I can't go three hours uh, today. But but real quick, let me talk about revisions so I can uh, get into uh, questions and things like that. All right. So real important revisions, right? You have to look at revisions in a way to understand that doing this wrong, you will end up robbing yourself. You will rob yourself with um, without doing revisions. Correct. Um, somebody said, sound like we're going four hours a night. We're not. I promise. Um so uh, you will you will rob yourself of labor and a lot of people don't take into account their their cost of their labor. You figure if I get $500, I don't care how long I got to work on it, it's still $500. It's not. It's not. The longer you got to work to get that $500, the less that $500 is worth. So you want to make sure that you have systems in place to prevent you from blowing your profit, you know, working too much for yourself a lot of times we don't we don't think about our labor costs we don't think about what it cost us to uh what it cost us in the company for our labor we don't think about what our time is worth so when it comes to um when it comes to revisions what my policy typically is is three and done three and out right this is stipulated in the contract this is why you got to make sure you got people signing it this is stipulated in the contract. So once we deliver um, our first draft, which normally the first draft I deliver, if you've seen a video I did about the draft warning, um, which is a quick tip of the week, talks about the importance of having a draft warning in the beginning of your video that you deliver, which is telling the client, hey, color is not done. Audio is not done. The only thing that this draft is in place or provided to you for is to make sure that the shots are in the right order and that we cover what you want. 
it's 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 backwards for us to color grade and do audio and everything. And we don't want them clips because clients think it comes out of your camera that good. They don't know if I shot it in log. It's not. So I make sure that I um I make sure that I, I notify the client of that, because once you say these are the clips I want in this order, the other two drafts shouldn't really be anything but color, audio, graphics, maybe music, things like that. Go ahead, Frozen, my bad. Yes. So usually when I'm working with an editor, I, I lay out my lines of, hey, I need a draft like this back or sometimes I'm going to be honest with you, depending on the cost of the editor. Right. Because if I go through Fiverr um, or usually when I go through a company like Video Husky or Flosky or whatever, because it's unlimited. They can just give me the draft and then I'll submit it. And I don't do it that way. If I'm because it's not costing me no extra labor dollar. Right. If they want to go color grade it and do all that now, that's on them. Long as I get it back by my deadline. If I'm doing it, because me as an editor is way more expensive than outsourcing it. If they're doing if they're if they are providing that, then I will pass that on to the client. But usually I'll ask an editor for a fast turnaround that's ungraded and everything. For the client, the goal is to make sure the editor knows that they are working with the client through you. So the client never knows. The client just know they're working with Flashfilm Media. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm literally downloading the file, even if I got to change the file name to Flashfilm Draft One. That's weird. And then just send it to them. Um, the client never know that they're working with an outsource or a different editor. They just think it's an editor that's a part of the team that's somewhere in the company. Okay. So, so yeah. Oh yeah, no problem anytime. Um so so usually when they get the first draft back, we're usually changing clips around. And this is the only part that should be difficult in um in in the video editing process or draft process. Sometimes clients they'll be there and be like, "You know what? I remember the lady said this this and this. Can we add that in instead of this?" And to prevent it, I'll provide them with a lower quality B-roll um b-roll i guess you can say clip where i'll upload it to vimeo and i'll add in all of just all the b-roll shots and then i'll have another clip another clip of all the talking heads and then i'll allow them to to go through and literally say i want when she said from this to this that happens on two minutes and eight seconds to two minutes and 13 seconds let's add that in here where you have this in that place i'll let them go through and pick what it is exactly they want and that, that only happens when you have a situation where we're doing testimonials and people were just video, you know, we're just running it. And I got somebody else that works for the company that's asking questions and they show up with 20 questions and we're doing a 30 second video. And I'm like, dog, you don't need that many questions. But that's because they're not. A lot of people think testimonials happen by way of really genuinely asking for somebody's opinion. And then you're getting a snippet out of it. It's not. I'm asking for your opinion, and then I'm telling you how to form it so that I can use it. So you say that you like coming to the store. You say that they have everything that you like. You say that, you know, they have um, the nicest people in the cashier. Cool. Can you tell me that in 12 seconds? Uh, let me hear that. I like coming to the store. I like the cashiers. The people treat me great. They have a great selection. Got it. Because if not, you'll let them, and they'll just talk slow, and they'll be yeah, and I really enjoy this place. Look at the paint outside. The paint, it, like, listen, I don't care about that. Like, this is what we're here to do. So you have to direct it 
and make them be that specific to get us. I've had people, I'm like, listen, ma'am, I need you to talk a little faster. I need you to say, say that again, Betty, but say it in 10 seconds. Because a lot of people are just, they don't, they don't, they're not thinking of, this is a quick snippet for Instagram. You're thinking of that because you're going into the project like that, but they're not. So they could be talking like this. Um, and you know, um, because um, we always, you know, um, what's the name of it? What you call it? You know, what you what's his name? You'd be like, dog. Oh, what's his name over there, my man? You know, what you what's another word for? Yeah, yeah, it's great. Can you say it all together now? Can you tell me what you like about it and then put the "is great" part on it? Because I don't have, to, you know, what I'm saying. Or they be, you know, because people be talking and they scared in front of a camera and they be doing this. Um. Uh, they be rocking in and out of focus. Uh, and you gotta okay, great. And now that you said what you said, and you know what you're going to say, can you say that in ten seconds? So you have to direct them to do it so that you can edit it and put it in. Once you get past that stage, I usually have two more revision stages of color correcting because people want different feels to a lot of. I'm gonna be honest with you. Most of your clients don't care about color color correction and color grading right as long as you make it look professional it don't look bad and colors are accurate when i work with toyota it's a certain type of red they want in their logo period they want to make sure that that color is represented correctly from shot to shot and throughout the whole thing there's been times where i've submitted stuff back to toyota and they're like it's off is your monitor calibrated or is y'all looking at it on old dell monitors from 1998 you know that, that may be a problem so, um, let me see who, uh, let me do this real quick. All right. Can you hear me now? Everybody background should be muted. I'll just have you, uh, just raise your hand when you, uh, when you ready to talk. Sorry about that. Whoever, uh, J one to trust. Oh, wait. Yeah. Good looking out. So a lot of times, let me go up a little bit on mine. So a lot of times my revision stage is shot selection one, color two. Graphics three. Now, where you may have a problem or not have a problem where I usually where cost usually happens is when somebody be like, you know what? Now we're doing color grading. We're picking graphics and they like, man, I need to that first shot. I don't like it. Well, you should have said something a long time ago. You still got something going on. I still got it's something. Y'all can still hear it. Can I still hear it now? Huh? It's good now. Okay, it's good now. Okay. Hmm. All right. So, so one of the, and, and what I usually do is, like I said, um, shot selection one, color correction two, um, color correction and audio two, um, graphics is three. That's your, that's your three revisions. And if it go in that order, you should be fine. If somebody get to the graphic part and they're asking you to pull a shot out or change a shot, I'm going to charge you for it. Cause you looked at two other revisions with this same thing and, you know, didn't make a change to it. So that's usually the order I go in to prevent people from, um, to prevent people from, um, switching it up. He <laughs> so said it sounded like somebody was getting sacrificed. Um, real quick, I want to run, um, I want to run this new video, this new, this new quick ad. I want y'all to tell me what y'all think about it. Cause I want to talk about that just really briefly. I like to get y'all opinion. And then I want to go into master course. So give me a second. Let's run this. Let's see what y'all think. See if it runs. 
Hey, pause for a second. I know you're in the middle of something dope, but I want to make sure I tell you about a course over at Flash Film Academy that changed the game for me. It literally took my business from attracting mostly low-end clients to consistently landing bigger clients with bigger budgets. It's called the five key steps for creating an effective portfolio that converts. If you're a photographer, videographer, editor, or graphic designer, this course teaches you how to take what your brand does well and present those things in a way to help the client understand how your brand can help solve their problem. This course isn't just about editing, but helping you understand that when clients are trying to make a decision on why or even if they should work with you, blasting them with your best video clips set to music just won't cut it anymore. It doesn't set you apart, show value, or help buyers in the process of making a decision. This course teaches you how to create a commercial for your brand, providing a first impression that will help you 10x your ability to land clients. Remember, if you can't effectively tell your story, clients won't hire you to effectively tell their story. Create a demo reel that sells the client before you even speak to them. Go ahead, click the link. Let's get started. All right, that was a little hard work went into it. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Are we calling the Sandman on the stage? <laughs> Let me know if we got to call the Sandman. All right, I just want to make sure it properly explains because I think with that course, the biggest problem I've had is people understanding. Like, people think it's about editing. They ain't going to do it editing. Um, Let me make sure. Let me ask you a question about this. Just want to make sure, and it, it, you know, those who are watching can put thumbs up and thumbs down as well. Um, can you still hear the TV in the background? Uh, uh-uh. I think you're good. Oh wait, you can hear me? Yeah. Oh, I shoot. hear a little bit of the TV in the background. I think so. I got the wrong. Hold on, I got the wrong audio playing. That's right. I still now you can hear me. Right? Okay, that was me then earlier with the TV noise. Wife was watching. I'm so sorry. Oh, no, I thought you I had a different audio. <laughs> Blame it on the wife. Yeah, okay. Cold blood. <laughs> Cold blooded, bro. Anyway, <laughs> Cold blooded. Throw her under the bus. It wasn't my bad. Sorry, sorry, babe. <laughs> you gonna be sorry tonight? What? When the office little live, you really gonna be sorry tonight? <laughs> Let's get back on focus here about the about the video. Let's stay on track. <laughs> Anybody have any questions about revisions? And before I go on to talk a little bit about the master course. Let me look at him. He apologize. Let me get some full screen action over here. Real quick. He's like, sorry, baby. You know, look, baby. Hey, I'm sorry, you know. Baby, you know, I'm uh, you know, I'll be doing my, you know, the YouTube thing on Thursday nights, baby. I'm, you know, I'm sorry. It's all good. <laughs> uh <laughs> all right, let me um let me kind of go over the master course because I want to get your opinion on a few things. Um, and I know I broke it down and I talked a lot about it before it's in the final stages, but I want to get, you know, I want to get opinions from people who, you know, it matters. So I can't ask my mom and them. They don't know nothing about this. So let me ask y'all. All right. So a um, few things I want to talk about when it comes to, so the, the, the master course is broken down into three areas, right? Um, and it's important that it's broken down into three areas for a reason. One, if it was just one, it would be super long. And depending on where you are in the process, you may not need a certain area. You may be able to say, hey, I got a company that's up and running. 
I'm just trying to take it to the next level. Like, so I don't need to know how to get an LLC. I got that already. Um, so it is based on three things. Um, it is based on creating, building, and growing your company. Uh, so I want to kind of do a, just a quick rundown of um, what's included. And if you guys have any questions or anything like that, feel free to jump in and be like, hold up. Um, yeah. So um, again, as you know, it's called From Passion to Profit, Content Creator's Guide to Create, Build, and Grow Your Business. So section one, and I'm going to run through this. So if you hear something or you feel like something's missing, let me know. Section one talks about what to expect. 1.2 talks about the fact that it is forever updating. So we will always have new content added. I'm having trouble hearing you. Okay, Siri is not okay with that. Um, so section 1.3 talks about why content works and how it con- how it uh, will continue to grow businesses for this foreseeable future. Just real quick, I want to pause on that because in that section, I provide you guys with a lot of statistics that you can use with your company um, to help sell video. I mean, but it's things that you really need to know um, that will open your eyes as to how big this thing is getting and where it's going. Like, um, for instance, in 2020, uh, video is the number one source of information for 66% of the people in the U.S. Um, More than 75% of all video views come from mobile devices, things like that. So it's a lot of stats, um, things like that. It also talks about things other than photography, like uh, photography, other than videography, like photography and podcasting. Um, it talks about how podcasting is, is big right now. Like, like there's a big percentage, um, 75% of the U S population is familiar with podcasting and 50% of all U S homes, somebody in it, listen to podcasts. So if you create video, you record audio, companies can start podcasting and making money. Um, so 1.4 is the goal is simple with the course to give you the tools to go from idea to building a brand that's bigger than yourself. Um, 1.5 talks about how to build and prepare for growth, how to think big, which you should be aiming at. 1.6 um, speaks to the fact that you need to work on your company and not work in your company. Um, and it gives you some tips on that. 2.1 um, is, is about asking yourself, one, should you be a freelancer or is business right for you? Do you have the support system? Do you have the mental capacity? Are you ready for the highs and lows? It kind of gets you ready mentally for what's to come with starting a business. Um, 2.3 talks about getting rid of the old consumer mentality and old outdated methods. It talks about the fact that boot camp strips you of everything you know so that it can build you back up to be what you need to be to be in the military. And a lot of things that we think or decisions we make are usually based on what we thought we knew about the industry. And a lot of it's wrong. Um, like a lot of it's wrong. 3.1 talks about understanding the change in the industry. So it teaches you how to understand it and what's different. 3.2 talks about the myth of content creation. Um, like, like, an, like an example is um, the fact that we often think clients want 4K or 8K video when they don't. They want When they say quality, they mean lighting. They mean composition. They mean the video's ability to convince the audience to do what they needed to do. 3.4 talks about the main focus um, and it talks about really focusing on one to three niches. Um, four talks about it's all about the niche. So it goes deeper into niches. 
4.2 and it talks about how to uh well i'll leave 4.3 talks about dominate your niche simply by focusing on one um no more than three 4.3 talks about how to find a niche that's right for you so it explains what you need to go through to pick the correct niche 4.4 talks about going deeper in that niche to go a layer deep um 4.5 talks about what are bad niches because there are some that looks appealing that is not. Now, this is one part that I, that is directly from um, that is directly from the master course that I want to read you, which is an example that will um, just give me an example. Right. This is a scenario. Right. John only creates office videos for dentists. Paul shoots all kinds of videos for everybody. John did research online to determine that the average age for dentists in the United States is 68.8. But in his area is closer to 55. He also determined that the average um, income is one hundred and seventy five thousand. He also found out that dentists are also avid participant in sports. Thirty percent list interest in sports, while those who mention specific sports prefer golf over over uh, basketballs, golf, 18 uh, percent over basketball, 17 percent and tennis, 16 percent. Other others note soccer, football and volleyball. John created a commercial with two dentists at a golf course talking about how John's company has created onboard videos for for um, wait, for one of the dentists or for the dentist. And it's improved the patient enrollment by 50 percent. John uses his advertising budget to have a video played in all of his local country clubs. Since John ha- has a specific target audience, he can devote every aspect of his business to appealing to that target audience, such as name, color, web design, and even music to appeal to that client. Paul has none of this information. He's trying to appeal to everyone. He spent massive, massive, I can't even talk, massive amounts of budget to get any and everyone's attention. This makes John chances of success greater than Paul's. Does that make sense to y'all? Okay. Yeah, perfect sense. That sounds so, good. So it's kind of a breakdown of why, or just how to think and not what to think, just how to be more targeted and specific. Um, so 4.6, it says now is the time to, to choose one to three related products. So now that we have a niche, we have an audience, let's, de- let's develop a product to go, to, to go after that. Um, and 4.7 talks about, well, what about the rest of the stuff that I can do? It's a place for that. You know, we develop a product for this particular market. You still can do, you know, if you, let's say you focus on video. Let's say you focus on intro videos. Cool. You still can do group photography because that dentist is going to need it. And I'll show you how to segue into that. Um, 5.1 talks about how to name the company. It's important that it come after you pick your niche and all of that and know who your target audience is because your name could kind of fall in line with what your target audience is like. Um, so picking a name at that point in time is detrimental. Um, where to get a name? Um, things like that. They tell you to make sure you look at domains first and things that go into all of that. Um, 6.1 talks about the fun stuff, taxes and all of that. 6.1 is physical location and mail. Um, 6.2 is LLC. And it's a reason why mail is before getting your LLC. And I'll give you a quick snippet. That's in the course. Um, it's simply because if you have a location, you want a location to send your, to list as your LLC address. You don't want to list your home address. Or guess what? On Google Maps, people will have a great place to break into if they want camera equipment. Because you're telling them, hey, we got all, we do all this. We got, uh, come on down. <laughs> so, you know, 
Um, question: Will the educating on S corps and what and what your accountant should should control? J one to trust. Yes, coming up. Um, but that's later. That's but it's a reason why it's later. Um, six point three talks about phone systems. Six point four talks about banking. Six point five talks about credit. Um, six point six talks about bookkeeping and taxing taxes. It's a whole lot of that stuff. Um, and we go over, we go over, and it's different for different people in different areas, but. I think I give you a very thorough understanding of what needs to take place with that and what you should touch and you shouldn't touch who you should go with, who you shouldn't, shouldn't go with. Plus my experiences with having a real life bookkeeper compared to an online bookkeeper. 7.1 is logo look and colors talks about the research and think, think about it. Now that I know who my target audience is, if I'm dealing with dentists and they like golf green may be a good color to go with. It may help you sell more. Um, so logo looks color. It talks about researching colors and understanding the importance of colors in relation to what you do, building, getting a color palette. Um, 7.2 is a hard lesson to learn, um, which talks about a personal experience where I received a cease and desist regarding a logo that I used to have. Um, then it gives you places to get logos. 8.1 talks about the gear you need to get started. Let me pause right there. As far as the dirty work of boring stuff that's in the business side of it, do you guys feel like it's missing anything that is boring? Go for it. So I had to go off camera just for a second. Um, so the one thing I would ask is by any chance, go ahead, baby, you good. Um, is there a section that discusses different payment portals uh, that folks might want to use, or whether it be like Square uh, Honeybook, uh, things like that. Yes. So that, that part is, um, will be in the second portion. We'll be in the second portion of the master course. So, cause, cause this is mostly getting it all set up. That part will be, I, I kind of, I'm kind of debating on the two, but this will get you, this portion is designed to get you everything set up so you can go into business. The second part okay. is going to be more about running it. And okay. I, and okay. I was cool. de- debating on that. Cause it was another part I was debating on, which was, writing the proposal should that be in the first okay. part or should that be in the second part um if and it, it fits better in the second part because the second part talks about turning a lead into a client like it's about running the business um and not just setting it up so that is a, that is an excellent question let me make sure okay. i add that to the notes because i got some things about it but um, and the only reason why i brought that up is because you covered all the finance stuff in section uh or in part six yeah uh, with banking and credit and all that, and I thought it would have been a good point there. But if you already got it set up for section two, because section you know two is going to talk a little bit more about credit card companies um, taking payment, because it talks more about the proposal, like what to do after the proposal. So okay, cool, cool. Um, okay, no problem, no problem. Let's see, eight point one. Okay, eight point one talks about gear and tools you need to get started. There's a thing that I preach in business, which is redundancy. Right, if you don't got two cameras, you ain't got one. You do not want to be on the job, have a memory card go down or a camera go down, and you're trying to finish it with your iPhone. You don't want to do it. So it talks about um, body camera bodies and lenses that I would suggest, depending on the type of industry you're going in, like bare minimum. Um, 8.2 talks about lighting, different lighting you should consider. Um, 8.3 talks about other must-haves, like gaffer's tape. A lot of people don't think about that. You need gaffer's tape just to mark the spot or tape down some cables. There's a lot of little things like that you need 
to keep on you at all times when you're doing a job. I like a little cart. If you've seen the videos where I'm on location, you see me with a little cart. I call it the back saver. Trust me. You don't want them problems. Um, uh, 8.4 talks about how to protect your gear. Cases are big. I, I preach cases a lot. One small thing that having cases, hard cases, make you look way more professional, increases your value. Those are little things that people see. Like, oh, you got cases. My cases got stickers with my company logo on it. Makes us look really professional. Just little things. 8.5 talks about you don't need top gear to charge top prices. Um, 8.6 are things that are nice to have. You got a little extra money left over? Yeah, go get go get all this extra stuff. It'll, it'll increase your, your value. 9.1 talks a little bit more about discovering your target audience within your niche after you have a product, how to home in on your target audience so that 9.2, you can brand with a purpose. Um, 10.1 talks about beta testing, why it's so important that you beta test. 10.2, 10.1 talks about what is beta testing. Let me clarify that. 10.2 talks about why it's important to your business. Literally, it's the cheat code to success. 10.3 talks about how to get beta clients. 10.4 talks about once they agree to help, then what? Um, 10.5 talks about building the product. So for the client that's beta testing. And at this time, you will determine whether your idea of what they need is great or is not. You may say, I got a package that got, you know, group photos and blah, blah, blah. They may not need that. You may be selling it to the wrong person. Jay Wondertrust, will you be able to pay for separate parts of the master course? Like I only want part two. Also for pre-order, um, will we be able to do payment before it comes out? Two great questions. Yes, you will be able to buy it separately or together. Um, there will be a pre-order. My goal right now, which may happen before then, I'll start sending out stuff to especially gold members to let you know, hey, it's up on the site. But the goal is Black Black Friday or Cyber Monday. That's the goal. But it, my, I'm trying to get it up before that. Um, go ahead. Go ahead, bro. And one interesting thing that I noticed is um, even though you may be <clears throat> on a different level in regards to your business, like say part two or part three of the master course, there's still things in part one that you could use, such Correct. as the, the statistics. So I didn't even know anything about the putting the, the stickers on the cases and all that. Yeah. there's going to be a ton of stuff like listen when i one thing that's real important to me right and i and and i'm just just straight up i don't want you to spend your money and not walk away from this like i don't my my greatest fear in the world is to be another person on youtube selling some crap that's just fluff it's to be a ty lopez or be i don't that's not me that's not me i don't want to be that i understand people work hard for their bread I get it. I want to make sure I give you something where you can take over the world with, where you can be like, yo, this is the equivalent to, this is the Harvard version of this stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I want to make sure that when you leave with this information, it's it, you can flip it. Like it's a quick flip. Like I got it. Cool. Let me go out and, and double that back. I don't want people being like, it's bland. So I want to make sure that, I want to make sure that this is it. Like I'm trying to, and what's taken it so long is that I'm trying to, the hardest thing to do when you teach something is realize that I can't start at level five. I got to go back and start at level one and build it up because everybody that's jumping into it. Don't see it. Like you see it. 
you know, they they there's things that they hadn't thought about. Just like you said, I hadn't thought about putting stickers on my on my cases. You know what I'm saying? So I got to remember to go back and add that stuff so that everybody can get it and it makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Because you just just like right if you go get in your car right now, you drive, even if you teach somebody how to drive, you like just grab the wheel and turn, but you're not thinking like, man, when I first started to drive, I had to remember I couldn't smash the pedal. I had to remember 10 and 2. I had to remember to check my mirror. Like it's stuff that you just do that you don't think about no more. So you have to go back in your own mind and strip those things down and re regurgitate them. So I want to make sure that you don't get into the course and you lost because it's a lot of little stuff that I do that I have to remember why I even do it anymore. Because I'm, you know, what I'm saying just like your blinker. You don't remember. I guess you kind of think about when you put a blinker on, you don't think, let me make sure I notify the car. And you just like I'm getting over it. blink, blink, blink. I'm good. So that's the hard part about getting content out of your head is making sure that you present it in a way that people get it and it's in order. Me teaching you how to use a blinker before teaching you how to put on your seatbelt is not a good look. I need to teach you how to put your seatbelt on. Then I need to teach you how to put your key in the car. Then turn it. You know what I'm saying? So it's important that I I that's in, that that is in place. Um, and that's something that has been I'm not gonna, it's, it's been it's been difficult a little bit. Um, and that's what the delay has been. Um, but if you got any more questions, feel free to jump in. Um, so 10 point, I'm gonna go out to 10.4, which was once they agree to help, you know, it talks about the questions you need to ask the things that they need to agree to be transparent about. Um, another thing that's going to be included in the course is a beta NDA, a beta testing NDA, right? Which means, Hey, beta tester with this agreement, I will not share your information with other people, other vendors in your industry. And I'm asking that you don't share my information with other video content creators because I'm making a product here and I don't want your competitors to know exactly what your monthly revenue is, even though I need to know that to see what the increase in sales have been. Or I don't need other people knowing what the traffic to your website has been, even though you've given me access to it so that I can monitor what's going on with this video. I, you know, I want to make sure that we understand that we're not going to be giving that information away. Go for it, Frozen. So the beta NDA is different than the NDA that's in the contract, right? Correct. It's going to be um, specific to the beta testing. It's going to come with the. It's going to come with the with the with the course. It's no nothing extra. It's going to come with the course. But I'm going to have it written where it protects both sides. The regular NDA only protects whoever serves the NDA. Hey, you're agreeing not to talk about this. Sign. This one's saying it's a mutual thing. Don't talk about my stuff. I won't talk about your stuff. And it's going to be a way to show that you're professional. And when you walk in the door with that type of paperwork, people really feel like they are a part of a beta test. Like they're part of, you know what I'm saying? If Apple came to you, it was like, yo, I need you to hush up, sign this paperwork. We're going to give you the new iPhone. Tell me what you think. You'll be more open to do it. My bad. Go for it, Frozen. No, you're good. You said when you walk in there with that type of paperwork. So you actually walk in there with the paperwork or you, during your conversation, you let them know that you have that paperwork. Like, What is it? How do you do that? So usually my goal is to walk in the door, pitch you, get you to sign and how you jump on board in one sitting if possible. You may if that's not the case, then you wouldn't just hand it over. But you may just explain it in the process. You know, hey, we're looking for you know a beta tester in the area. We're looking to work with three companies, you know, in this beta testing to, to make sure that your information is safe, we provide an NDA that protects you and I during this process. It could be a selling feature because that is a concern that I've had beta testers have. 
hey, you working with three ice cream shops. How do I know you're not running over to them telling them, you know, we doing 50 ice creams a day so they can know, you know, we doing 25 vanillas and 25 chocolates so they can know to come out with a better chocolate to crush us. Like, how do I know you're not doing you're not trading or you're not from them? How do I know that you could be a spy for my competitor posing as a guy with a camera like businesses are really tight on those systems and processes, you know, so to protect them, to show them, hey, we're really about our business and we're really here to help you. Here's some paperwork to protect you and to protect myself. So ideally, when you go inside a, a beta testers company, you have the video production contract, you have the NDA contract, you have the so all that. So the first thing I would have is the NDA contract. Because once they agree to do business with us, the goal is to create the product. And the, a part of the product is the video contract. Like a part of the, the process of the, you know, because we offer a service, which I'm calling a product, but it's technically a service. The whole complete setup from, hey, tell me what you need, asking the right questions, providing a, a, a proposal. And in that proposal, it's a contract, setting a shoot date, shooting it, revisions, all, that whole process you're going to have the NDA in the beginning. But once you agree to work with me, the regular contract is just going to be a part of that process because we're taking them through the whole process. That way they can tell me, because it's not just about the product for you. It's not just about the final video. That way they can say, you know what? I don't, I don't like how you went over the proposal. If I was buying this, I wouldn't have bought it from you because you didn't mention this, this, and this. Or you didn't really tell us what the price of this was, or we didn't see the price of a teleprompter on there. So how was I supposed to know to get, you know what I'm saying? So it'll give you an opportunity to work out those kinks instead of just giving them. Cause, cause on the, on the flip side, people who don't really dive into when I say beta testing, they're just going to shoot for them. Here go a video. I got B roll. No, I'm, I'm, I'm the beta testing that I'm talking about is the complete package, like understanding what works for them? Because you may get with a client and in your mind, you thinking y'all need video every week. And they're like, no, we don't. This is what we need. And, and you can get information about, well, why do you need that? Because our clients do this, this, and this. And, I, and I'll give you an example. I work with a company that was a male enhancement company or they did male surgeries and stuff. I'll put it to you like that. They help with, let's just be real. They help with like, um, they help with like erectile dysfunction. They help with like a Botox for men. Um, it was like a plastic surgery place, but for men, they did Botox for women too. Um, and for them, radio ads worked well, right? They just did. They ran radio ads. Cool. We can record those radio ads. In fact, we can shoot a video for your website to reflect that radio ad and things that worked for them that I didn't think about was dude was like, yo, I just spent 1.4 million renovating this place. I want to give a 360 tour on our website. When people look in here, they're like, yeah, this is the place. This is the place I feel comfortable getting naked on the table and having somebody shoot Botox in me. It don't look like a crummy basement. It looks like a legitimate, super bright, white, clean doctor based establishment. That's important to people who want to come here and get needles stuck in them all day. They don't want it to look like a basement. So I didn't know that. I got the capability of doing it. Cool. Now I know to wrap that in the package. Because a lot of people who are in that industry are spending tons of money renovating and making sure that their location is beautiful. Let's show that on your website because that's a selling feature that shows value. You know, you don't want to get this done in the back of a cleaner somewhere, you know. So that's something that I didn't I, 
I wasn't thinking about that. I don't, you know what I'm saying? And they presented it to me. And now I can create a whole 360 package that I can present to others like that. Or now it becomes an a la carte add-on that I can charge another three grand for and do it with a freaking GoPro Fusion that cost me $500. And not only that, if they get them done four times a year, because they, they may do Christmas and they may do fall, they may do spring because they didn't decorate it and add all of this. So they're getting that done four times a year. Congratulations, you've just made another $12,000 a year on something you didn't even think about that they brought to your attention simply by developing that relationship, simply by them being comfortable enough to be like, this is what we need. Cause I'm going there thinking we're going to just shoot a video. We need more than that. We need pictures. We need before and after pictures quality. We need this. We need that. Then it's, you know, things like with them, no patient want to be on video going in there for help with erectile dysfunction. So we had to hire actors. That's cool. It was an option. We can hire talent. Make a profit. I get a t- I get a, a actor. I may pay an actor two fifty. I may charge the company five hundred. That's more profit. Nobody wants to be the guy smiling in erectile function videos. For me, I have friends that are actors that was like, "Yo, I take the money." Hey, bro, I'm, come on, do this commercial. I'm gonna tell you what it is first, now. To tell you, like, but you know, I had a friend that was like out of out of work. I, I had a friend that I used to just play flag football with that wasn't an actor. He was just out of work. I'm going to pay you $500 for a day. Let's go. I'm going to coach you and develop you, show you how to be an actor, what you got to do. It ain't like you got to cry or be dramatic. All you got to do is stand there with some coffee and nod and walk out. That's the easiest $500 you're going to make. So, so you would say? Yeah, huh? So so, so 500 is good for for an actor? Like what's the, around like in the Texas area, like what's the so, price for um, so it depends on the level of the project. If it's a national, you know, it's going, it's going to depend on two things. One is where it's going to be seen. If it's national, it's going to be more, of course. Two is, are there speaking parts? Are you just nodding and waving? I've, I've hired actors to just sit in break rooms or sit, sit in meetings, sit in meeting rooms and just look like they're doing something. And one act like they're giving a presentation. Cool. Um, so you can typically, if you join acting groups, you can get some actors that will come out for free. They just want to build their portfolio. Here, man, I'll still give you $100 just to, or I'll still provide food. Cool. I usually pay them something, right? Because I pay them something and I tell them, you know, the client is paying for it. Be professional. Because if they get there and they're like, we ain't getting paid nothing. And the client like, I'm paying y'all $500. Like, that's the last thing you want to happen. So you can pay them something. I usually pay them something. Um, and then I, whatever I pay them, whether it's fifty dollars or two hundred dollars, some client, some actors I've worked with are great talent. I get them top dollar. You know, I fight for them to get them top dollar. I still make my cut off of it. Period. And if you go, if you develop a relationship with actors instead of agents, they get more of the money anyway. And some actors just want to build their reel. If they can get money while building their reel, then they'll do it. Um, for that, and I, that that's in section three of the course. I talk about just developing that relationship with like Facebook groups. There's a lot of mark um, acting, modeling Facebook groups to, to be a part of, just to be like, like once I put flash film media on it, I'm getting 50 emails anyway. Like I'm spending time just looking about who I'm going through. And then I got a, I got a group of friends, a group of actors that I work with all the time that I may reuse over and over again. I don't, you know, it don't matter from one shoot to the next. Cause I'm not, it's different companies. So 
I got actors that I work with on that did TGI Friday stuff. They started at training videos and TGI Friday liked them so much. They moved up to national commercials because the headquarters is here in Dallas and it's a good look for them. Literally. I, it was a guy that I, that I had a uh, work with who loved, they loved this dude and he was a beast. So, you know, he did his thing. Um, so it worked out. It worked out for him. It's still working out for him. Um, all right. So I want to keep moving on in case we have any more questions. I don't see no more questions in the chat room. Okay. So we wait. Should we work with a beta client, working and paying client? That's a new niche. Okay. Um, let me make sure I understand that. Should we be working with a beta client while working with a pay, paying client in a new niche? I would try to stick within the niche as much as possible. There's another thing that on the, there's a beta contract as well. Um, and you want to make sure that the beta, cause there's two things. There's a beta NDA and a beta contract, which means we agree to, to be in this beta program. The beta contract um, stipulates that I am to shoot this type of product for you. This type of product only. The reason why that's in place is because if I'm here to shoot this type of video, hey, I'm trying to work. My niche is intro videos or the videos that play in dental offices. That's my niche. I'm here to create that product. Now, if you tell me about something else, that's cool. If I choose to say, okay, let's do that too, that's on me. But if you say, hey, we need group photography, can you do that for free in the beta? Can you go ahead and beta that for free? Nope. Now, I can say no. Um, but because it's on the contract or just to be your homie, I can be like, yeah, you know what? We'll take care of this for you. You're a good beta client. You're working with us. You're giving us tons of information. I got you, bro. Don't worry about it. You want to make sure the guidelines are there. Um, so you can't get pulled to do everything. You're doing it for free. We'll do this. Nah, see where we agreed on. That's what I'm doing. Now, if I want to be nice and it's up to me, yeah, I can shoot that for you. That's not a problem. What's going on, Josh? What's up? So, so that's something that you want to set in stone with the beta, with the beta clients. Um, and and ten point four talks about once they've agreed to help, what's going to happen. Um, ten point five talks about building the product for the client. Um, ten point six talk about comparing data between three different beta testers. Because remember earlier when, when in uh ten point two when I talks about talk about why it's important. I mean ten point three when I talk about how to get beta clients. Um, I tell you to get three and I tell you what three to get, what to look for, because you don't want to get the same person three times. Little stuff. I tell you to stay away from startups, stay away from companies that aren't doing well. Um, try to get you a company that looks great. Um, so 10.6 talks about how to compare data between three beta testers, because one could just be in a good location and he's getting all kind of traffic, but he's on the main street. The other can be buried and they're having different issues. So you want to compare what they're saying so you can know what works and it'll allow you to create data to say, Hey, you know, if you don't got a lot of foot traffic, this typically works better with this type of location. That's more of a return on investment you can offer your clients. Um, so 10.6 talks about, Talks about that comparing data. 10.7 talks about client um, commonalities, right? Understanding what do they do alike? Asking the right questions to determine what 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 do they do alike? What what type of conferences do y'all go to? What type of books do y'all read? What type of magazines do y'all subscribe to? Getting that information will tell you, hey, all three of these guys subscribe to this Dental Life magazine. 
once I finish my product, if I put an ad in that magazine, I'm in front of all of my target audience. Why go spend $1,000 with Google ads when I can spend 500 for a half-page ad in front of tens of thousands of dentists who are, who are exactly what I want to get in front of? Now I'm balling. I got, you know what I'm saying? Now I got a product they need. They can't live without. We know it works. We got proof. It's $10,000 and I'm in front of a thousand people that need it. If I get 10% to call me, that's a thousand people. I'm in front of, if I'm in front of 10,000 of them, a thousand people times 10,000 means you balling. We fly high. No lie. You know this. Um, 10, 11.1. That's right. (laughs) 11.1 is pricing. What should I charge for my work? 11 talks about how to determine what you should be charging for pricing based on your location. I provide tools so you can see what, um, you know, what you should charge in your location, how that differs. If you move from state to state, that tool also helps people who are not in the country determine what they should be charging as well. How do you price for travel? I got clients that want me to drive four hours for a two-minute shoot with B-roll. I'm glad you asked that um, because we're going to get to that in a minute. Oh, I don't know what happened, Josh. You and y'all, let me get you back in because I think you popped out. All right. Um, 11.2 talks about – wait. Okay. Yeah, 11.1, which is extensive, talk about what should I charge for my work. 11.2 talks about base pricing structure, out with the old and with the new. That is a Flash Film Academy exclusive. Um. 11.3 talks about how structure pricing works. So it breaks down how to develop it because it could be different. It's, it uses numbers. But again, if I teach you how to think and, you know, in my area, this is what a day rate is. You know, you can it, you can break it down. Um, and it talks about things like with my structure. If you're if you are hired for four hours you're going to get paid more than if you had a standard day rate and you just sliced it in half. But your your rate is going to make more sense to the client because they understand what they're getting in the base rate. It also talks about travel, which you should charge for travel. Um, I have a radius and I charge a standard travel fee. And it also talks about what to charge outside of that radius and how to present it. And I'll give you a quick example. $50 for 50 miles may seem like a lot, but I never present it as 50 miles. I also I always present it as 100 because I'm going there and coming back. So now it don't seem as bad. It seems like the client is getting more. Um, 11.4 talks about structure-based pricing for editing. Um, so these are just services that don't require you to go out to the client, but how I do editing. Now you can apply this to images and video, and it'll be a difference to break down each. 11.5 talks about building products out of services. So, um, Keep in mind when you and I'm, I'm using an example, when you go into a dealership, there's usually a car on the showroom floor that's already decked out. Right. It's usually the Super Z28, whatever edition that is already decked out. They got base models out there. But this one is if you buy it together, you may get it a little cheaper. So it tells you how to build complete packages or products out of your services. It's a lot easier to do when you know who your target audience is. You know what your niche is. You can build it. There's stuff that will work for dentists that won't work for chiropractors. But as long as that's your target audience, you got it. Um, 11.16 talks about structure pricing misconceptions, stuff people don't really think about. 12.1 um, talks about knowing the competition, 
right? Look how to look at your competition and make determinations on what's working for them really based off their website. If they're good at what they do, they'll people tend to push what works out front and this teaches you how to look for it. 12.2 teaches you how, um, teaches you about keyword and SEO. Um, and also how to look at your competitor to see what they're coming up under. It's important to know what keywords they're spending money under. 13.1 talks about building the ultimate sales tool, your website. Notice Building your website come way after beta testing because a lot of stuff you're going to learn on beta testing will be applied to your website. Um, 12.2, I mean, 13.2 also talks about your website's ability to sell. 13.3 talks about the fact that visuals are overrated. 13.4 talks about great copy is everything. 13.5 talks about the proven formula to success with a website. 13.6 talks about email, your email address, why that is important, what it needs to be. If you've heard me on this on, on, you know, for any times, you know how I feel about Gmail accounts and all of that. 13.7 talks about platforms. I suggest 13.8 is design and SEO platforms that to go get it done. 13, uh, 14.1 is about being ready for business, making it easy for visitors to become leads. It's real important that you look at your website and you understand the selling process so that clients can go from, oh, I think they're pretty decent to I got you on the phone and I'm pitching to you. 15.1 is what not to do. 16.1 talks about what to look forward to in the next portion of the course. 17.1 talks about books that will dramatically help you get um, into the mindset of being a business owner. That is part one of the master course. And it took me probably 30 minutes to go through it all. It's going to be a lot of video because I go into real detail about how to do it. Would you say the first part is the longest? Nope. Damn. Right. (laughs) Nope. I think that (laughs) I think that the middle part is the longest so (laughs) far. It's the middle part is the longest. But like I even go like on part three, I even go into buying a vehicle like because I talk about and I just give you a little heads up. I talk about physical location versus a vehicle. Don't get a physical location. Put that money into a big van, right? I talk about what I look for in a van, how I got my van decked out. What 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 did I, because there's some things I bought off the shelf to make it easier for me to work with that the average person wouldn't think about. I got LED lights in my stuff. I got certain stuff, little stuff that you can do like trash cans in my van that's tied down to hold light stands. I could just put light stands, stuff like that. You, you, you would want to know if you're looking to purchase vans, what type of vans to look for. What type of vans to stay away from or, you know, um, what you should be spending. Great place to look at auctions and things like that. So there's a lot of little things like that that go into number three that won't matter to you. If you in the beginning, you get an LLC, it don't matter. But once you get to building it, running it, how to get it wrapped, what should you get on the wrap? Like, should you just get the name? Should you get services? Should you get a big QR code? Should you put your phone number? Like, what should you do? Um, how to protect it. What type of locks should you get? Should you lock it up? You know what I'm saying? I recently got a video coming and this may blow some of y'all mind or shock you because somebody recently hit my truck, um, and did some damage to it, which I got it repaired, but I got a video coming, which will be on the regular YouTube channel explaining what happened and how a hundred dollar, a little bitty hundred dollar device that I got from Amazon saved my butt. Because when you got something that you may not notice, and I'm going to bring this to your attention, when you got a truck that's wrapped, you are a target because all these lawyer commercials coming on like you got hit by a truck. You're going to get paid. 
Look at his business. If they hit you, if you slam on your brakes in front of them, they're at fault. You're going to get paid a million. So they looking at that like, oh, okay. Flash film media, huh? All right. I'm going to go ahead and get this paycheck. Christmas coming. Let me go ahead and let me go ahead and step out in front of this van so I can get paid. Thinking that you got, you know, remember you, you, you building to look big. You building to be the Mercedes of you building to look like this big conglomerate. Some people look at that and see a, an opportunity to get paid. It's America. You will get sued for nothing. So you have to protect yourself. And there are little things you can do to protect yourself because you're going to get you're going to notice as soon as you get your van, it's going to be all white. Nobody going to care about it. Soon as you go pick it up from the shop to get it wrapped, you're going to see how many people just happen to creep over in your lane and like, dang, why everybody around me driving so stupid? Because they looking at. They, they, while they driving, commercials coming on the radio. Like, you can get paid now. All you got to do is get hit by a company truck. I got $20 million because I got hit by a FedEx truck. You're going to hear that all day long. And you're going to be like, dang. And it's not going to dawn on you that you are the people they're looking to get paid from. That's another reason why LLC is so important. So it's just little things like that that I've experienced doing this. That you're like, dog, everybody around me driving so stupid because they just trying to get It'd be, it'd be cars that'd be like Ferraris. Like, dude, you really, really got, I got a van. Really, bro? If I if I touch your truck, they totaling mine out. You out here with the G-Wagon trying to hit me. So, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? How long do it take for them to wrap it? Um, Depends. Um, And, of course, I talk about it's half wrap. It's quarter wrap, half wrap, three-fourths wrap, full wrap. I got what's called a three-fourths wrap. That's why the front of my truck is still white. But then I also had them add a logo to the front. Um, it usually take about three days. Usually take about three days. So it ain't, it ain't too bad, but, um, it depends. If you get a half wrap, it probably take a day, probably take a day, but you want to make sure you get, it helps when you got a cargo van cause everything's clean and clear and all of that. But how, how long do you think it would take to get through the master quarters? That's a good question. I honestly that don't like a, a year. I honestly long. don't know to execute it. It could take you a year. To just go through it and watch it, it'll probably take you at least a week, maybe. It's a lot of video. It's a lot. I want to make sure that you are just, that you are just, your head is exploding. That you got to just pause it and be like, yo, I got to come back to this. It's too much. I want to make sure that you are good. Is but there I, a part where you go to Proposify and actually show how you make the packages and all that? Oh, yeah. Yep, yep. Yep. That's in course two. I literally go through, not only do I go through Proposify to set up everything, I have a portion that's dedicated to what you need to do when you call them back. It's a whole section called the callback. So, so I tell you in the beginning when you pitch it, when you're pitching, the, um, when you're talking to the client um, and they've received the questionnaire, I talk about what you need to go through on that, how you need to set up a date so that you can send a proposal and talk to them. There's a whole section on what you need to go through when you call them back. So, um, and it talks about, you know, just what you need to, like how to touch on pain points that you've, that you've gotten from the first call and that you've added in a proposal. So the whole callback is a whole game plan to close the client. And it talks about how to build and proposify. It show actually, it shows you how to build and proposify. And the crazy part is I shot a lot of stuff and just like that proposal five changed a little bit. So I got to go back and redo it. Um, so I, I, I'm going to try to teach it in a way where if it changes in the future, you understand what needs to be in this portion. Portion one, you need to start with this. And that way I'm not just clicking showing you just in case it change again. But you have an idea of 
This is what needs to go first. Because I got a, my proposal, a lot of people don't do this. They just got like the bill. But my proposal talks about the company, you know, what service you're getting, what's the process. We go into other features before we get to just the price. You know what I'm saying? They're, they, you know, what we, this is what we suggest. Um, so things like that before we go into the price and then it go into contracts and so on and so on. You know, um, that it breaks it down like that. So that is in the second portion. I got people cussing me out about the video that I posted today. I don't know if y'all seen it, but uh, everybody ain't too happy about that, but it's all good. But um, so, yeah, it, it will definitely cover that portion um, of everything, everything down to. I'm trying to think uh, section three is. Section three covers stuff like. Um, but Ty, you froze up. I don't know if you can hear us. Did I freeze up? Can y'all hear me? About ten yeah. seconds. Oh, I may have just been like paused like that. Um, <laughs> so in section three, it go over a lot of stuff from like the difference between project insurance and personal insurance, um, just the customer buying process, um, just a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff. How to be, how to position yourself as a company's multimedia kind of department so it covers a lot of stuff uh, jay wonder trust asked a question that i used to think about a little bit so do you use fiverr for your proposal fire no brochure? I, I don't um yes and no for copyright yes i don't have someone from fiverr log into my proposal file to create it so the way i break it down in the course is you create sections that explain different things this section explained um, thank you for considering to do business with flash film media to, this section talks about, um, what the, what service you are interested in. Cause I got 10 different proposal templates. I got one for video production, one for corporate headshots. One for, I got different ones. I don't use just one. I have different ones that are ready to go that are plug and play. So if you got headshots, I got a, a proposal that's strictly for headshots. It explained the process. I got behind the scenes pictures. I got before and after. I got when I talk about adding the add-on of like um, like teeth whitening, skin skin cleaning. I got a before and after shot of that. So it shows you if you make that add-on, like what to expect. Um, and it talks you through the process of after we send the pictures back. This is how you choose it. You're gonna get blah blah blah. You still get all so. You don't want to do that with every client and every, you know, but within your niche, if you know what your niche is and the products you offer, then you can, you know, you can build your um, proposals for that. Because my because my niche separated to three things, which is, um, you know, group video, corporate event photography and promo video. then I have a set of um, proposals within those niches of products that we offer. Do you have a separate proposal for live streaming? Yes. Yep. Yep. Definitely. I got a separate proposal from um, corporate intro video or corporate video than I do for live streaming um, and for um, event video, event highlight video, because they're separate products. Because the goal is to, you're going to see right now, right now, the like, I'm going to tell you what I used to have a problem with. I thought on an ingredients base, right? I can I can shoot video, I can stream the video, I can but you gotta think on the final meal, right? The cake, right? The cake is 
two camera live streaming with switching that's going to two locations. That's how the, that's how your your client want to see it. They don't want to see that you got three cameras, that you got a sling. They don't care about all that. What they want to know is what can you do with the ingredients? I can bake you a pound cake. And that pound cake is, hey, we can stream an event with three different cameras to up to 10 different locations. GMO, you had a question? Yeah, so um, I'm actually in my car right now, but I'm oh, no, trying to get on the uh, computer. Can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you. Okay, so I'm trying to get on the computer, but I don't know how to how to get on the video on the computer, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember I asked you this last time, but I forgot how to do it. No, you you yeah. if you go to if you go to the YouTube channel and you, uh, you go to right you go to my channel. If you're logged in to the right account that that's logged into yes. the gold member, you should see yes. that there's a live video right now. Um, it doesn't. Okay, I'll show. I'll, I'll flip the camera real quick. Um, okay. how do I flip this? Hold on. Let me see. Um, I'm trying to. Sorry about that. Are you good? Make sure I I'm trying to flip the camera, but I just don't know how to do it on this uh, private chat. Let me go into it and make sure that I. Uh, okay, cause I see if I can. Hey, just quick question: Are you are you in? Are you on YouTube watching it? Well, I'm on I'm on my phone, but I'm also on the uh, on the laptop. I want to get on the laptop so I can get off my phone because I know the usually through a mobile device is a little bit um it's a little bit harder to. There's a link uh, at the in the chat part of the YouTube live channel. There's a link that he has posted at the very very top in the beginning that says join the chat, and then there's a Where link says, that says in the community. So so what I'll no, do no, no. is let me po- I'll post it in the community as well. Okay okay, okay. I'll post it in the community. It's oh, okay. Actually, I see it. I see it. I see it. The process of revisions, right? Yes. Yep. Okay. I see it right here. There we, there we go. All right. So, well, I'm going to get off of this and I'll join on that. Okay. All right. I'm going I'm to um, put 10 minutes on the clock because I suppose been going 30 minutes ago, but it's all good. Um, so um, where was I? I was talking about. Oh, yeah. So we're. we're Proposal five. I don't have Fiverr come in and design it. I'm pro- I'm sure they probably got some way to that they can go in and design it. My my the way I design it is simple. Um, you know, with my main page, I show proof, right? I show images of whatever they want to see. I actually have a, a a section in my proposals that has a video link so they can watch my demo reel because some people have it. And if they send it to their boss, I don't want their boss having to go to my website to see what I can do. I want you to be able to play it right then and there. I even have a section where I got. I got uh, testimonials. Um, so I got testimonials on my demo reel. So it'll be targeted testimonials. So if I'm if I'm if I'm pitching a um, headshots to you, I got testimonials from people who I got who who I did headshots for to talk to. Hey, Ty came out. He set up everything. Everything was great. Our headshots was wonderful. I got all of that right on your proposal. That's another thing I love that, about Proposal Five. And that's going to be in the mass course too. Yes. And how to create the testimonials, how to get targeted testimonials. Um, it'll go into extensive detail on the master course. Because you, you, 
You want to, uh, Josh, I, I see you talking, but I can't hear you. I don't know if the mic is off. You want to get, from one client, you want to get what's called targeted testimonials. So I'll have a client, like I'll give you an example. There's a client that I work with, and we shoot trailer videos for them, <coughs> right? They were, we started as promo videos, and now we manage their social media, right? I may, get a, a, um, I may get a testimonial with him saying, you know, hey, we compared these guys. You know, the price wasn't the lowest, but they provided us the, the largest, the, the greatest amount of value for what we needed. And they, they provide us with content that is, is top notch. Okay, that's one testimonial. The second testimonial I may get may talk about my workflow. Hey, what I love about these guys is they put a plan together. They send us over everything. We approve it. We shoot it. We're done. Everything is smooth. It's turnkey. It works. Cool. Another testimonial may say, hey, the, good, the thing that I really like about these guys is when it comes to editing, these guys are just great editors. The revision process is wonderful. It makes everything smooth. So now I got a testimonial for every aspect of my website. Even if I'm just selling you editing, I got a testimonial that talks about why you should choose us for editing. So the goal is to have targeted short testimonials for everything. Yep. Go ahead, Frozen. So there's been something that's been on my mind lately. What's stopping a potential client from taking the solution you provide them and just making it a cheap videographer do it? These hands? No, I'm joking. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> the thing is this. <laughs> the thing is this. As you talk to a client, you, you're not really you. You're providing the solution. You're not handing it over. Mm. Plus, if you're the pro, why would they get your? You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna take your recipe and take it to the rookie over. If I got this nice stove and this restaurant, they're not gonna take your recipe and go run to this little this dude cooking. You know, out of a garbage can. They're not gonna do it because if something don't go right, they don't know. You know what I'm saying? They're like, man, I, I should have stayed there. Just like, <laughs> just like if you if you go to a dentist right now and that dentist like, hey, you need a root canal on tooth sixteen. You're not going to be like, bet, and go to your boy house with some pliers and be like, pull the tooth out, bro. You're going to be like, nah, I'm going to stay here. It's clean. It's nice. This guy know what he's doing. We're going to get it done right here. So I don't really have that issue. Um, and anytime I have had anything similar to that, those clients come back to me. Because whoever they went to butchered it, and they coming back to me like, yeah, we, we yeah. Because there's plenty of times where I'm, you know, I'll be like, what happened? I sent y'all a proposal last year. Like, yeah, my boss wanted to go with they people. And to tell you how that worked out, we here with you. Like, like dang, okay, well, let's get it right. And then you you build a, you build a client for life. So I like it when they bump their head. My bad, GMO, go for it, bro. So, um, so, um, okay, so this is the deal. I just bought the contract pack, right? Mm -hmm. Because I got, um, I got called for a wedding last minute for this Saturday because I guess her photographer canceled on monday mm. right so i was able to make it work i was able to um her budget was a thousand dollars but i was uh, able to make it work up to 16 okay so now what the process that i'm in like the way that i'm doing my process i'm in the process of sending her the contracts right so i wanted to ask you how would you go about the contract since i you know i bought the whole contract pack with all the contracts because you know i was like it makes better sense to just do that than yeah. to just buy them separate so i just want to get your opinion on how you would go about it as far as sending her the contract because i'm i'm gonna have um because i'm a photographer but i'm gonna have a crew of videographers that i hired uh to go out there you know and i'm also going to be using the second shooter i'm gonna be using the video for weddings 
contract and then the photo uh, for Boating's contract. So is there anything else that I'm missing as far as like smart man and like what what um what what I'm sorry, what order I should put him in. I'm sorry. That's that's what I'm That's a really good out. question. I'm, I I want to answer that, but it's something you touched on that that I talk about in the master course. Um and it talks about mm-hmm. the fact that don't don't try to kill kill a game with your base rate because your base rate is usually designed on what you want to make a year if you're booked every day. The way to beat that is to compound your base rate with having multiple crew members and having the cost outweigh or, or outweigh uh, or having the budget outweigh the cost, right? So for instance, I may okay. charge $500 to bring on a second shoot. I'm just using easy numbers. The cost to me, yeah, yeah. that labor cost is only $150. That gives me closer yeah. to my yearly goal without having to work as much. I always try to bring on a bigger crew, right? Because it makes things mm. easier, smoother. I make more money. My crew is happy because they get to work. But if you're, yeah. if you're budgeting it right where, you know, uh, your day rate going to be $150, $200. That's your day rate crew if you're there for eight hours. But I'm going to make $1,000 off of it. So so that's good. But let me answer that question okay. real quick yeah. before, I, before I forget the other part. Um, yeah, yeah. So... If you got proposal file, that's one way you can send it. If not, you can send it via PDF so they can digitally sign it. There is some e-sign. I got that's, that's cool. That works. Yep, HoneyBooks, HoneyBook yeah. work. So you can send it that way. I would put it all together so you can get one signature for everything. So you will have on section. On the proposal, right? Yes, yes. On, on, after you do the pricing, mm-hmm. one section video proposal, I mean video contract. The second we'll talk about just different parts, the wedding. So you'll have everything together. If you're doing drone, you may want to do drone. If you're doing drone, make sure you got the drone contract because there's no drone. No drone. Okay. Okay. Yeah, she didn't want to pay for it just because, you know, I I squeezed her out to 16. Then it was, I gave her a uh, payment plan. So I gave her four payments. So although her budget was $1,000, I was like, hey, you know, I talked to her yesterday and it's like, hey, you know, this is last minute. You know, I'm trying to help you out, but I also don't want to undervalue myself and right. what we bring to the table. So, you know, this is the set price if you want it. Yeah, if you don't, no. But I think what got her was that I gave her uh, a four, four, a payment plan of four payments. Be- so the, the 50 uh, percent deposit, mm-hmm. I then it'll be a first payment the Monday after the wedding. The second payment would be, you know. 30 days from now because I give her a six to eight week uh, window and then the last payment would be at the um, delivery of you know the pictures and the videos yeah and, I, and so that's why I, I would say that's... be careful with payment plans I usually do the okay. final payment due on the day of the shoot I don't okay. usually extend it afterwards because people get a picture back like oh, I don't like how I had a wrinkle in my shirt I don't know if I want to they want to negotiate then I don't deliver anything until the final payment has been made that's Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Of yeah. course, of course. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't be that dumb, you know. But yeah. um, as 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 far as um, damn, I lost my train of thought. You was talking about payment plans and um. Yes, yes. It. So yeah, yeah. So um, a question back to what you were saying as far as the crew. Mm-hmm. So the the video guys that I hired, they were they're kind of like you know my my boys in a way. But in a way, I think I did it the wrong way because I asked them like, hey, you know what? Give me a package that you guys would, would, would do for, for for the budget. Because, yeah, they do weddings, but I don't. You know, I just came in last minute because she she contacted me and I'm like, hey, 
I got to make it work somehow. Right. So, you know, I just got to figure it out. Right. So yeah. the way the way that I did it for them was I gave them a, a base rate, which was a two hundred dollar base rate plus a twenty five dollars an hour. Uh, anything after that, after the first hour. So it's going to be nine hours. So it's going to be eight hundred dollars pretty much. And then um, I know that's a lot of money for them because at the end of the day, I'm not going to make as much. So, you know, in your opinion, how would you go about it for 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 next time, I guess, you know? Okay, I'm going to tell you what you did. You gave them retail price for wholesale work because your name is on the line. If that video is trash, they coming after you. You can get sued for it. They're going to walk away with their $800 and be in the club somewhere. So you have to set a wholesale price. You got to set a labor price. Um, And it's not going to be what they can get if they can just walk up to the client and get it because they didn't get the client. They didn't they didn't have to do that. Yeah. You got to get you got to get compensated for that. And and that compensation should be equal, if not more. Most cases is more. I guarantee you, whatever job you've had, they've never paid you nowhere near what they made off you. Business just oh, don't yeah. work like that. Um. So I've had wedding videographers that were dope for like two fifty a wedding. If it went to the reception, it may have went to about five hundred dollars, but you can almost guarantee you guarantee I was charging two grand for that video, probably closer to twenty five hundred. Yeah. Um, because I got to take the risk, and I the hardest part about what you're doing is getting the client. It's the business side. I can get I can get a lot yeah. of people to come shoot. The hardest part is convincing that client to spend money with you. You got to pay yourself for that first. Yeah. They just showing so, up, getting paid. So in the future, I would have a base rate. This is the day rate we paying. Take it or leave it. I'm going to find somebody else. I can go on HoneyBook and post it and say, yo, I got 350 for a wedding. Send me your reel. Apply. And you'll get a ton of people. How and Does it? Does that depend on how many hours they're going to be out there for? Or is like the day rate is just for as long as the wedding is it's, it's happening? So usually with weddings, it's as long as the wedding. But I would I usually know beforehand because the because the, the the bride and groom got a time they got to get out of the venue, right? They got a time yeah. the venue gonna kick them out, and they usually out an hour early so they can clean up. So it's either gonna go to two o'clock or it's gonna cut off at like ten or twelve. Like it's usually a cutoff point. And then I would yeah. say, at what point do you want us to start video? Am I showing to you up to your house? Is it a reality show? Are we showing you get out of yeah. bed? Like how much video is needed? And based on them hourlies, like like that would determine the price. We used to have a what's called a, um, a reality show special where we would film from the time you start brushing your teeth until you hit the bed, until you like, all right, y'all, we out, we got business handled, and you close the door. But you're gonna pay thirty five, four thousand dollars for that. Yeah. However, we can just cover just your ceremony for about two, or the ceremony and the reception, um, for about, I think it was like three, something like that. Yeah. But the cost to me, from the time they wake up to the time they go to sleep, if I had two videographers on it, never exceeded eight hundred dollars. Period. So I'm charging four grand. For yeah. It. Yeah. So it's just. It's I a, think it's a learning period, and it's cool. It ain't you know. Yeah. It's just something that it's. That's why experience is great. You know, and, and even with them being your homeboys, you can be like, look, bro, y'all was sitting on the couch. I'm about to give y'all some bread. This is what it is. You the boss. Like, this is yeah. what it is. I can I find think, somebody to do You know it. what I think it was, though? I gave them the leverage of, of giving me a package. So they probably felt like, hey, you know, this is this is the money that we would do 
that we want for this. Yeah. Although, yeah, I'm, you're getting contracted by me. It's like, okay, we still gave you, we still gave you the, the, the package and the package detail. Yeah. And, you, you, know, when and I, you told when them the total budget to them, too. Yeah. And, and that was dumb, but I was like, cause they, they actually do weddings. Yeah. So they wanted to, you know, make it to where, you know, they're going to contact me for the, the photography side of it. So, you know, I looked at it in a way to where it's like, okay, I look out for you. So, you know, you got to look out for me whenever you come to me to, to do photography for your weddings. You know, if you're going to include me into your team, you know, I know I'm going to be under you, but like, Hey, if I'm going to, if I, whatever price I give you is the price that you're going to have to give me. Even, even businesses but, that buy from businesses, they buy wholesale. When Sprint buy iPhones, they don't yeah. buy them in full price. They buy them at wholesale. When you do business yeah. with each other, it's, it's still a wholesale. You know what I'm saying? It's a wholesale thing. When Apple come out with a commercial and they say, all right, Verizon, y'all want y'all name on it? Y'all got to pay. You know what I'm saying? We're going to charge y'all to put y'all name on it. We ain't going to be like, well, y'all is about selling phones. No. So, so when companies work with each other, they buy from each other at a wholesale price, not retail. And you have to extend that yeah. to your friends. And if you go in there and saying, I'm going to make $1,600 and they like, well, video is half of it. We won't have. No, nah, you don't, you don't give them that power. Yeah. You don't give them that yeah, power. It, it was, it was a, a complicated, a complicated situation just because, you know, everything is just so last minute. Mm-hmm. She, she hit me up on Tuesday and I got, I had to make it work for Saturday. So like me in my head, like, yeah, I was like, man, I should definitely take a bigger cut because at the end of the day, I'm doing most of the work. I'm doing the talking. I'm doing all this and this and this and that. All you guys are coming in and it's just doing the video. But it's like it was I was in a position to where it's like I don't I don't trust anybody else with video and to go on HoneyBooks and, and figure and find a videographer. It was going to be way too much to even process, you know, to, to, to make it work to, you know, for Saturday. Uh, obtaining the so customer my, is worth at least 50 percent yeah and then this is another know, thing I, too i look at it like this i, tr- I i'm gonna tell you why i trust people on honeybook more than some of my friends right i trust people who have businesses who have experience going to get clients because they know what it feels like yeah to f up you know what i'm saying they know what, yeah, they yeah. know the cost of it your friends that's just getting awarded jobs can blow it and be like oh well the lighting was bad, bro. You, yeah. And you're getting torched. I respect other business owners because they they get it. You know what I'm saying? They get it's like even relationship analogy. Yeah. I, I don't I can't date women who nine to five and they don't understand my hustle, my grind. They don't understand while I'm up at two o'clock Honestly, in the morning yeah. typing on them getting a master. They don't get it. It create it, they just not yeah. we not the same. So even with people I work with, that's why I like working with people. That's why I'm not scared. People are like, you're not afraid of hiring somebody that want to start their own business? Hell no. Nah. None of the people I want. Because they're going to listen. They're going to pay attention. They're going to treat my baby like it's their baby. And they're going to practice. Like, them the people I want. So I go on I go on HoneyBook all day and find people. Or, or Thumbtack yeah. and find people. You'd be surprised that you get, you'll get have a problem going through all the people than not getting enough. You'll be like, oh, I got 50 people to go through. Okay. I see reels. Okay, okay, okay. And I got it. So, so... And I know it's last minute, but you can find somebody in 24 hours. I can I can fill up a place in 48 hours with Honeybook and Thumbtack alone. What area are you in? Yeah. What, what, what part of the country? Oh, I'm in uh, uh, Florida, Fort Myers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll be straight. I, you, yeah. Unless you was in like Oregon or Washington State or somewhere. That's you like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you'll be straight. Yeah. Yeah. 
Josh, I yeah, think you I had just, a, a, a question. My bad. I didn't mean to. Oh, my, my bad. Go ahead. What yeah, you go ahead. I'm sorry. I'll let, I'll let the next person go. I know he was, he, was, he was waiting for a while. Now he's stuck on mute. I can't even hear you, bro. He probably muted himself. Can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you. Okay. Uh, yeah, I said I wrote it down because I knew I was going to forget. But back to the um, like the second shooter, Like, how, how do you word in your proposals that you're going to add a second shooter, for, like just for example, for like $500? Because I tried that in mine, and I feel like they read it and were just like, oh, for five hundred dollars, you can just do it by yourself, pretty much. So, how do you word it to where it kind of intrigues them to want to add that extra five hundred or thousand to add like two or three people? That's a good question. Oh, in my opinion, it's, it's easy. I'm gonna tell you the trick: additional coverage, additional coverage. For five hundred dollars, we can double the amount of pictures you're already spending two grand for. So we can provide additional coverage, especially for weddings. So now we can have somebody dedicated to the bride and the groom and you get a ton of images, additional coverage. Even if I'm doing corporate, we got double the B-roll. We got double the angles. Uh, You always want to sell additional coverage. You get to double what you're getting for a fraction of the price by adding an extra person. So, so that, that's how you always add in. And if they're, you know, with, with, with weddings, it's on time crunches, time crunches, time crunches. We don't got, we can only do this once. Do you want us to capture this from two angles or from one? We can only do this once. Keep in mind that you're going to have an audience. You're going to have people standing up. You're going to have grandma with the big ass iPad trying to take pictures. You're going to have bad kids and people flipping in the aisle. We can only do this once. Do you want a chance it with one angle or do you want multiple angles? I can get you to get three or four angles when I get finished with you. So, so that's kind of how you want to present it on anything that is an event. It's one time thing. We can't stop and go back and move. You really need to have multiple angles. So, well, for me, mm-hmm. I, just, I, I mean, I do some weddings, but I try to stay away from those. But like for corporate, even as a, as a videographer, I'm, like in my head, I'm kind of like, I'm going to set up a camera on a tripod. So what stops them from thinking, like, why do you need two different people for two cameras, you know? Pans, tilt, focus, Uh, you know, a second shooter provides um, a a more detailed shot. A second shooter could be getting B-roll while I'm shooting A-roll. A second shooter could be a second person alone could be doing audio. I need a guy to work my levels. I need a guy that's going to run audio to get perfect audio. That's going to worry about making sure your, your live mic is perfect and making sure, you know what I'm saying? Just to look so I can sit back and look at the scene and look at the set. And be like, yo, um, you, your shirt wrinkle, pull it down. Make sure you sit up. Make sure you, you got something on your mind. St- like have, have any ability to step back and direct will take your video to a whole nother level. It'll take yeah. your production level to a whole nother level. Because when, see, what clients don't understand is when you're looking at the back of the camera, you're worried about exposure, lighting, focus, composition. You're worried about all of that. You're, not, you're missing a lot of little details. Is the hair light working? Is it too powerful? Is the light on the side of their face too powerful? Is the you know what I'm saying? Are they coming in and out of focus? Is they is they volume up and down, left and right? Is it per you know what I mean? Are they saying what's on the script? I can't focus on all of that and still know that you didn't miss a line on the script. I'm worried about other stuff. So when you have more people involved, you get a better product every time. That's why movies take ten thousand people to shoot an Avengers movie. You know what I'm saying? They got a person that they got it's it'd be a team of thirty just dedicated to the credits, like thirty people to type that up. Literally, 
you, you know what I'm saying? So more people involved, the, the better the project will be. So there are some projects. I got a projects or projects, bare minimum three people. Your base rate start at three people, a three-person base rate. It ain't nothing to talk about. I'm not doing it for less than three because we don't provide crap. So to get that, we starting right here. And that's why it's important to um, build a package for a particular type of shoot. I know my package off the top of my head. If I'm doing a talking head, it's minimum two people. Camera audio, minimum two people. Prefer three. It ain't nothing to talk about. If I'm just coming out capturing B-roll, it's a one-person shoot. I can come out and do it. But don't be like, yo, we need to get film him. Hey, we don't have the equipment to do it. Our contract states that we're here just to do B-roll. I don't got the lighting to light that guy. I don't got the audio to get it. So we just here to capture B-roll. I got a shotgun, Mike. If you want to just go for it, you can go for it. But it's not the quality we would suggest to have good video. So you can sign here saying that you understand that, that this video is about to be crappy, fam. Because you, <laughs> didn't, you didn't get the... Uh, we didn't light it and we don't got audio. So I, as long as you understand that, I can point a shotgun mic at him and you can sit here and watch it and listen to it too. But it's not about to be what you think, GMO. Right. Go, go for it, GMO. Okay, so um, so how would you go about a production fee? Would you break down what like you as mean? far as like, hmm. like a production fee? Like because I know we can't charge taxes for for our services but i know there that some people do production fees sometimes or some people add it into the price some people you know there's there's ways that people do it that they don't you know that they don't show the customer i usually put it on on my um on my proposal as an as a line itemized item right so i put hey you know we're going to charge you a you know a 15 percent production fee for you know administration or you know whatever the case may be. So how would you go about that? So with my price and I don't, all that's added into the base price. All, if I'm, if, if okay. I'm doing something that, that requires administration, it's going to be pre-production and then I'm going to list what it is. So in case they're like, what is this fee? Let's take this out. Okay, we're not writing the script. Oh, we need to add that okay. back. You're right. So you never want to have a, with, with, the, with the way I price, everything means something. You know what I'm saying? You never yeah. want to have somebody see something and, and need an explanation for it. Outside of something yeah. like a teleprompter, what is a teleprompter? Okay, I can show you what that is, but you never want to have a fee that's like a. It feels like a tip. You know what I'm saying? I never want my because I get a lot yeah. of clients that tip me, and that's something I actually need to talk about. I get a lot of clients that tip me, especially doing weddings. I don't have people put an extra thousand dollars in my hand cash. The father of the bride is like, here, bro. I'm like, man, what you trying to, you know, be some old dude trying to, you know what I'm saying, give you one of these. And he's like, yo, bro, I don't know. Oh, some dollars. Okay. Yeah, my guy. Like, you know what I'm saying? Plenty of times. I done had corporate companies tip me, right? I done had corporate companies tip me in a way of, hey, man, charge us for six hours and just come out and take a picture of the building and you good. I done had, you know, I done had stuff like that. I mean, I had the Cowboys tip me once or twice. So, you know what I'm saying? So I don't want them to look at the at yeah. the bill and feel like they're getting gouged. Like, make sure it is a part of something, whether it be the base rate or make sure it is a part of something. Okay. That they can itemize. And if they take it off, you tell them, hey, you, we ain't showing up with lights. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or something. Like, the base, pay is, the, base, the base pay is something that's non-negotiable. This is the cost of me getting out of my bed to show up to mm-hmm. your event. That includes traveling, me loading yeah. my truck, me gassing my truck, toll roads, everything. Base plus travel is non-negotiable. I'm not getting out of my bed for this for less okay. than this. 
That way, if you get pulled to something that's an hour, you dancing. Like, I'm about to hit y'all for, you know what I'm saying? Like, a few hundred. I'm about to get y'all. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or I'm good doing just this hour. I got yeah. my day. I'm paid. I'm good. Marvin, go ahead, bro. Yeah, and I have a tell, I have a teleprompter that that attaches to my lens, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure if there's if it's ideal for the client to look directly at the lens all the time, or if they should be looking off camera and like when the best time would be for me to have them off camera versus on versus looking directly into the camera lens. So, so the way I usually determine this is is simply um, thinking about the target audience. Who are they? Mm-hmm. Who are they talking to the audience, or are we there to capture their testimonial? So even testimonials, sometimes I'll do off camera or I'll do on camera, depending on who. And, and, and sometimes you can catch a testimonial where the client is just talking about their experiences. I came in. I really had fun. It was great. That's different than, hey, you should go with this company because they're going to treat you good. When it's like that, they're talking directly to somebody that's making a buying decision. So usually I usually always have talent that's doing a communication video talking to the camera. Because their target audience is looking at this, not to witness them have this conversation, but for them to be talked to. You know what I'm saying? So imagine if you tuned into my channel and I'm having a conversation here. You'll be like, who is this guy talking to? But I, look, <laughs> I look directly in the camera because I'm talking to you. You know what I'm saying? And I want you to get this information. I don't want to feel like you're eavesdropping on the conversation I'm having with this guy. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. So I, I, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm, but that's just the difference in when I do uh, both. Okay. What about for a promotional video? Definitely talking yeah. to the camera. Okay. Because I can't give you a call to action if I'm not directing it towards you. I can't be like, all right, guys, make sure you guys go buy it now. Yeah. It looks weird. Like, what? <laughs> like, now you want to talk to us when you're telling us to spend money? You weren't talking to us. You know what I'm saying? And you got to be careful because it it used to be a really big thing with amateurs because there was no teleprompter and they had people who couldn't continuously talk and look they were reading something and i really like to do put that on the teleprompter let them look right into the camera and read it and you even got to be careful with the teleprompter because they'll be like and i just really <laughs> like to you know what i'm saying you can see that on, yeah. on and that's something they like i like i'm gonna tell you i'm gonna give you a little tidbit real quick before i wrap um people be like well can i just sit the board next to the lens you can't tell if I'm, like yes you can tell those are things that i'm like listen we do this all day every day if you get a big poster board next to the lens, people can tell you're not looking into the lens. You need a yeah. teleprompter. We brought right. it. Do you want us to add it to the invoice? Or we can sit here and you try to figure out this line for the next two hours. Either way, we're going to get our bread. That's what I'm thinking. Like Either we're going to be here longer or you're going to get the teleprompter. Either way, I'm getting mine off top. So to make life easier, I have you look into the camera and read it. Yeah. Yeah, this one shoot that I did where they wrote all the lines on a piece of paper and then and then they had one person told it and and then they just looked at it, read it, and then and then and then they said it to the camera, it took forever. And we and and I did it for like three people. Mm-hmm. There was like three or four people. I think it was four people that were saying the same thing and it just took forever to go through it all because they were and and, and they and there were a lot of retakes and and stuff. Yeah. It's terrible when you gotta do that. And those are things that I'm kinda when I'm dealing with clients, I'm kind of like, we do this all day, every day. That's not a good look, bro. Like, like that's definitely not a good look. And 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 that's when I got a teleprompter after that shoot. I just went straight. <laughs> I just went straight and I bought a teleprompter. That teleprompter will pay for itself. It'll that you can make you can make probably ten thousand dollars a year off a teleprompter. Easily ten thousand. Yeah. Pro- oh. Probably closer to twenty if you got enough. You can make. 
I mean, you, you can make a lot of money off that, off that television. And what are you charging, like, normally three, three to five hundred to use that? Two fifty on up, two fifty to five hundred per day. And what's the difference in the pricing? Is it just time? Uh, just time. Yep, time or size. Like we have a smaller teleprompter, um, then we have a bigger one. So if you got one to screw on a lens, it may be cheaper. Um, if you got another one, it may be bigger. Yeah. Hey, real quick, kind of mm-hmm. off subject. So I I use HoneyBook, and to me the proposals are good, but I'm I'm looking at Proposify and I'm thinking about buying it. Like how do you think it's like worth it? Worth it to yep. actually switch yep. over to? Yep. <laughs> so Proposify <laughs> is only going to cover the proposal section of it. The whole uh, workflow will still continue to happen in HoneyBook. Um, real quick, three things that I really love about Proposify. Um, templates are saved. They're easy to fill out to send. Two, when it's sent to the client, they can sign right there. Three, it tells me when they opened it, what they're looking at, if they still got it open, what they signed. So I can call, I can look at them stats and literally it'll tell me they spent 40% of the time on the budget. I know that price is a problem. They spent 40% of the time looking at the contract. I know the contract is a problem. I know I'm going to get questions about that when I call them. That's what I love about Proposify. Then it'll, it'll, I can put saved or they didn't want it, and I can look at, okay, this month I sent out $100,000 worth of contracts, and I closed on 40000 of them. Mm. So that's a lot. Let me get ready to wrap. I want to – Don just jumped on. So, Don, just – I know I caught you. You know, you caught it, jumped in, you know, a little later. But I want to make sure you didn't have any questions before we get ready to, to, to wrap. I don't need anything. Just saying, what's up? Oh, that's what's up. Okay, you like the setup you got back there and the painting and every. Is that a painting or a picture back there? Picture. That's dope. Yeah, that's, dope. that's what it looked like. Yeah, <laughs> GMO, go for it, bro. I can't hear you. You muted. Okay, so, okay, back. I'm, I'm going back. Can you, can you hear me now? I hear you. I hear you. Can you hear me now? I hear you. Yes. Okay. So I'm going to go back to the wedding thing. So let's say that I hire the videographers for, you know, the, the their day rate, right? But what if I needed them to edit the video as well? Because like I said, I'm not a video. Uh, I don't do video. I'm, I'm, I started as a photographer, so I'm mainly a photographer. So, um, you know, video is just not my thing, but I'm trying to get into it. But, you know, in this case, like, what if they needed to do record the video for the wedding plus edit the video? Um, that, that's a good question. Usually when I hire videographers for weddings, when I was doing it, um, it would include editing. So whatever price, the price that they're on, their, their, their price would be, let's say for instance, I'm, if I'm giving you $200 for your day rate, I may give you another $200 for editing, but you can believe it's hard to do when you don't, when your profit margins aren't right. When you when you only make it yeah. six hundred a wedding for the video, it's hard for you to hire somebody good, get it edited, and make good money. But if I'm charging four yeah. grand for video, I got two videographers that's, that's on site that's that's that I'm spending eight hundred dollars on, and then I'm giving them another two hundred for ed, for the final video. I'm still making twenty eight hundred dollars off of. Yeah. So I got some flexibility on how I want to do it. The issue with that situation is mostly within profit margins. Yeah. Okay. So in my in my situation, I guess I did it the right way somehow in, in a way, but I guess just like within the budget, it didn't make sense. Right. You may be giving the client right. too much for the budget. Well, two things could happen, right? Because of how quick it was. One, you could yeah. you could be giving the client too much for their budget. That's one. Two 
yeah. the people you hire are, are getting too much for labor. And because of the time crunch, the price should be double anyway because of the time crunch. I'm not going to lie to you. Like yeah. there should be a pen- uh, and, not a penalty but a cost for a rush delivery or a rush you know shoot. I thought about that but like I just didn't want to I didn't want to get it too much out of the range because like she said a thousand but I wanted to push a little more but I didn't want to push way too much yeah. to where it's like you know I couldn't help her out. So you know it you know it kind of fell on me because I had to take the L on that. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you know, like I just want to help her out because of the the mess up situation that their their her previous photographer put her in, you know. So all, all, I just did it just because. You got to remember, all clients I'm aren't sorry, all clients aren't good clients. Now, if it's somebody you know, yeah. and you're personally willing to take the L, that's cool. You can yeah. do it and break even, but remember, you're in business to make a profit. If it ain't a profit, yeah. I don't want to break even. Like I, it's, I can sit at home and break even. You know what I'm saying? I can go to sleep and break even. Yeah. So, you want to be careful with. If it's somebody you know and you love and you trust and they're your people, yes, I'll take an L for my people. I'm not breaking even for a stranger. Yeah. I'm, I'm just, I'm just not. And I, I mean, you know, that ain't crude. That's just, it's just business. Don't take it personal. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I would, I, I. I wouldn't even do it like that. I'll probably I would have charged way more than what I did, but you know, yeah. it is what it is. At the end, it's all a learning process. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, the day, of course, you know? so it's whatever. I've been there. But I've been there multiple times, it. bro. You know, don't don't feel bad at all. I've been there too many times that I even care to publicly say, bro. So you ain't did nothing wrong. I ain't did, bro. I didn't did it back to back and be like, dang, why I'm breaking even on 10 projects. I didn't travel and drove <laughs> six hours to break even. So don't feel bad, bro. Yeah. Uh you know, it's you. just a part of the it's a part of the learning curve. Like it's just it's just a scar you get while doing business, bro. While it's just a scar you going everybody got it. Everybody that's you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you, got everybody got it. If, if you think they're ahead of where you are, they got that scar. Um, you know, yeah. but now you know how to prevent getting that scar again. Um, and it's just, you know, some, you gotta, as a business owner, you gotta be comfortable with the fact that some people can't afford you. Yeah. Period. Like, I'm sorry. I just, I can't do it. If you ask me to do it for less than this, you're asking me to come out of my pocket and pay for your wedding. I'm not going home with the bride, fam. I'm not getting what you're getting tonight. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm just, you know what I'm saying? Like you, I, you know what I'm saying? Because then you're going to look, because I'm, I'm going to tell you, and the way I explain it, and I'll give you this tidbit before I leave, this is something you can put in your pocket if you're a wedding photographer. This is a major jewel alert. If you're a wedding photographer or a videographer, make sure that you make it clear to your client that after that cake is gone and that dress don't fit and that venue is tore down and something else, the only thing you have is photo and video. It is the only, it should be that DJ going to be gone. It should be the number one priority of all of this stuff that you're preparing. All of these little cute craps to go on tables that nobody going to remember by 12 o'clock that night. The one thing you shouldn't be cutting corners on is the content, the video and photos of your event. Now, you go tell that DJ he going to play 12 less songs so you can get me my money. And you go get one less layer on that cake so you can get me my money. I mean, you're going to say it directly, but that's you know what I'm saying. But you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. Cut corners other places because at the end of the day, when it's done and over with, the only thing that you're going to have to remember it is what I provide. So put my cost above everything yeah. else. You know what I'm saying? 
put my cost above everything else. Media Smith say, don't get to the point where you're thirsty for money. Get to the point where it, where it undervalues your worth. Know your worth. Everyone can't afford Mercedes or Ferrari. Correct. You got to set that bar. And that's why I tell people with, with base price, you don't have no fluctuation. Like, it is what it is. You can't afford it? Cool. Now, let me refer you to a guy that do $500 weddings. I'm not the guy. And, you know, you're going to get that, that guy that you refer, he's going to get $3,000 weddings that's over his head, and he's going to point him in your direction, and you can just hire him as a second shooter. So, you know what I'm saying? It's just it, you got to set that bar and, and have that limit where you can say no or you'll do everything. You know, some some female actors say, I'm not getting naked no matter what. Some, some black male comedians say, I'm not getting in a dress no matter what. You can do what you want. I'm not getting in a dress, bro. I don't care if I don't get the role or not. I'm not, you know what I'm saying? So you will have to have that law, that that uh that bar with what you what you offer as well in business. And it's just a Shout part out of the Denzel Washington. That's right. Denzel. That's right. And it's just a part of doing business that you have to develop and you will develop you you're going to develop it by choice or by force. You know what I'm saying? You don't want to you yep. don't want to develop it after you've been drugged. Trust me. So with that, I'm going to go ahead and wrap because I literally got people that's watching from over there. Um, so I can go ahead and chop that up. So uh, I want to make sure I want to make sure I tell everybody, hey, I appreciate you guys. Make sure you are super safe. Wear your mask if that's your thing. If not, just don't cough on me. You should be good to go. I will see y'all next um, Tuesday. I got a bunch of content dropping between now and then. So be ready. Be ready for that because uh, we got some real interesting videos. You know, I like to keep it a little controversial. So one of the videos is a five ways you can spot a trash videographer in 2020. So uh, we're going gonna to go ahead and punch him in the throat. But uh, it is what it is. <laughs> Just make sure we're not on that list is what you're saying. Don't be, one of those, don't be in that category. On the, video, it, 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 on the video, it says make sure you're not doing one of these five things so you're not on the list. So it kind of gives you a warning. You know what I'm saying? But it is what it is. But uh, after the video, if you are on the list, it's the information you need to just to switch it up and change it. So it's it's gonna be a big uh it's gonna be a good eye opener. But some of the stuff is basic, but you'll see. You'll see it's one for videography and photography, so I don't think I missed nobody, anybody, you know, anybody. Everybody can get these hands. No, I'm joking. Anyway, let me go ahead and wrap, man. I appreciate y'all so much, and I will see y'all in the next video. You've been listening to Content and Cash, a Flash Film Academy podcast. Make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel and go to our webpage at www.flashfilmacademy.com.